All right. I believe you. But my tummy can't tell. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I, of course, am John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Christopher. Yo, what's up? Yo, hey, you know, it's like a truck, you know, like a machine. What's, what's up? up, dude? What's, what's up? up? What's the haps, brother? Oh, you know me, dude. You know, yeah. listen, Matt. I haven't seen you in a in a, a, a while. We because uh, we didn't record on regular schedule because I was out of town for a bit doing some road work. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about uh, your travels. This was uh, this was your first con in a while. I did. I yes. When you when this comes out, it'll have uh, been a couple of weeks. But uh, yes, I was in uh, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada this weekend for <laughs> Days of the Dead, uh, another Days of the Dead convention. It was at the Plaza Hotel. And um, Nick P. and I drove all the way there, almost ran out of gas in the desert. Um, nice. Really got a time. Like, there, <laughs> there's really in New Mexico nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to time that shit because there's more than 50, 60 miles between some of these gas stations. And yeah. we're just driving along like, and then like, just, oh, we'll get gas soon. And just like, oh, shit. So that was kind of fun. Uh, beautiful drive. Anytime, like getting out of Texas, like Texas is so flat and des- yeah. just nothing there's no level to it but w- driving through the mountains was pretty cool uh at least it was something cool to see but yeah we drove like 25 straight hours i believe it took Jesus. us um and we went like a diff kind of a no- like a route where we would go north and hook it that way instead of like kind of splitting right across texas because we didn't want to go through uh we didn't want to get close to like because it was going to route us around around um just outside of El Paso into New Mexico that way. And mm-hmm. we definitely get stopped by two border patrol, uh, yeah. stop checkpoints if we went that way. And I had a Mexican and a, a lot of drugs in my car. So we didn't want to do that. Well, Nick P is always hauling around like a, that camper full of illegal fruit and vegetables too. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Cause he's Mexican. <laughs> That's what he, we were hauling his fruit cart. Well, we were, but it was, I didn't, I didn't say that cause he was Mexican. I, uh, I didn't even realize he was Mexican. Yeah, I just said I it when I said I had a Mexican and drugs in the car. Oh, 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 I thought you meant you guys had an extra one, like an actual illegal. We should start the show over. <laughs> uh, okay. No. So, so we didn't get stopped. It was fine. We got there. Um, and, uh, of course, first thing I did was take a, a real quick shower and walk to the closest dispensary and uh, got some weed. That was the only thing I budgeted money for myself extra wise. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was good to get there a day ahead of time. We got there like on third. Look, check this out. We left Wednesday night at 630 p.m. Central time and arrived. Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. You lost me. So that's, yeah, it's like 25, <laughs> or at least 20, right at 24, a little bit 24, five hours. I don't know. It was uh, crazy. Straight? Straight, dude. We just kept switching crazy. off. Because we, we're fucking, we're fucking crazies, dude. But I don't want to belabor everybody with all the details because um, on my, uh, if you listen to my other podcast, John Wayne Lied to You, 
I, I did a whole recap and I told all the little offshoot stories on that. So I don't want to necessarily like just repeat myself as this is completely different, but do check out that podcast, please. John, I lie to you every Monday, but it was awesome. Uh, I have to say that it was run very well. I thought, first of all, like going, we was at the plaza, the plaza's d- downtown Vegas, like on Fremont street. It's right, right. at the fucking front of Fremont street, I one main place. street. And, uh, you come in from the park from the parking garage and they have tons of fucking security everywhere and you can't come in from outside without uh they only have two entrances open in the entire casino and you have to come come in and out of those when you come in they take your your fucking temperature on your wrist on this thing you hold it up to and they check your id and shit and then you go like and i i definitely saw like in the casino wise everyone was wearing masks and stuff um staying away from each other for the most part uh, they were definitely cracking down. If you didn't have a mask, somebody would step up and tell you to put your mask on. I saw that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the convention went, uh, I thought it was run really well for something that's like still still a, a unknown kind yeah. of situation. Where Unprecedented. We're, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're trying to work. But, you know, man, it was good. You, they also had uh, temperature stations. Every time you entered the convention floor, you had to take your temperature. They had a billion like hand stations around where you pump and you know dump and then pump and rub uh, on your the hands. Old, the old pump and rub. The old pump and rub, you know that <laughs> that classic convention uh, confection. The old pump and rub. Um, yeah, so it was. I I didn't feel um, not safe. Like, and they also you couldn't. You know, I I, I of course had my trademark uh, million cores lights at the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could take, you know, your mask down to take a drink. But like other people, like I saw, like they're trying to get I don't know if they're trying to get away with anything or they were like forgetful uh, on accidents where they bring them down to take a drink and then they start talking and somebody mm-hmm. would come up and be like, you have to put your mask up. So I, I saw that happening and that made me feel like, OK, you know, people they're trying to, you know, keep this under control. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, you see that everywhere where like it's this weird thing where people will want to say something to you and they'll, and like, then they'll take the mask off. Like they're wearing the mask and then they want to say something to you and they'll like take the mask off and lean in closer to you. And I've, I've said this to you. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is when you need the mask the most, when you're opening your stupid fucking whore mouth and when you're, you know, and not, not you, them, uh, when they're, when you're opening your stupid whore mouth and you're, and you're spitting everywhere and you're going to lean into me as you say it, like, it's unbelievable how stupid some people are with these things, you know? Yeah, I definitely saw a lot of that. Uh, but this was kind of neat. Uh, we were OK. So the the convention was smaller in the sense that, you know, because of room like room restrictions that they have now, they didn't have as many tables crammed in, you know, as they mm-hmm. would have normally. So that was kind of cool, too. But like the way it was situated, um, it was almost like. I was in line as like one of the celebrities kind of where the celebrities were because I was directly across from fucking Joe Bob Briggs. Well, you're you're my celebrity. I know. Thank you, baby. But I was directly across Joe Bob Briggs from Joe Bob Briggs. And well, the you're next way better than him. him was Flash Gordon and uh, Flash Gordon. And, yeah. And then uh, ah, the, Flash. Ah, dude, you were there with Flash Gordon. That yeah. But what was cool was that like, I guess uh, on Joe Bob's thing, like people were sending me. Talk more about Flash Gordon. I don't care Flash about Flash Gordon. <laughs> he was, I don't know. You, you would like him. He was all beefy and buff and shit. And like, yeah. he, had a, he had a haircut you could set your watch to. Came <laughs> in every morning. Hey, guys, what's up? Ready to do this? Let's do it. And he like yeah. gave us all fist bumps. 
Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Anyway, we were in the background of a lot of people of Joe Bob Briggs's like fucking shit videos and stuff because people kept sending them to me like, look, you, look, that's you. That's you. And I'm like, yeah, that's me, baby. But uh, that was I, cool. just to clarify. I, I don't have anything against Joe Bob. I've ah. just never really watched him, you know, but I but Flash. Yeah, that now you got me. Now you um, starstruck. So. Well, you know how I said absolutely zero words to Joe Bob or his, his lady that they, you know, gets all decked out. I didn't say anything to anybody because I don't give a fuck. I'm not there oh. to hero worship or talk to Joe Bob about like, oh, did you see an uh, episode four of second? Blah, blah, like he wants to fucking hear that from anybody. You know, yeah, sure. I was there to do my shit. He came over and looked at books. Oh, yeah. See, I make him come to me, dude. That's how oh, I yeah. do it. That's what you do. It. That's, yeah, how, that's I, how you do now, it. And and so overall, it was it was excellent. Like um, fr- the Friday night was way busier than a normal Friday night was as far as sales. Not necessarily in the terms of people that were there. There was a line of people waiting to get in at four thirty who weren't the VIPs. So that was cool to see people stacked up to get in. Mm. <clears throat> well, that's good. But I did well. Like we did like a awesome Friday night. But everybody there was in an like a great mood. Everyone was super happy, and people were just there to spend money, and it was it was pretty cool. That's but good. I did want to in- encapsulate one story because I know you would love to hear about. Uh, I know you love to hear about Nick P and I mm-hmm. and our partying. And, yeah. and Saturday night uh, in Vegas, this is what we did. We uh, after we got off the floor, we took uh, three hits of acid each. I know you love acid stories. Three hits. Yes. Um, then. We went up to the room and I had got, gotten all of this weed from the dispensary. So we start taking, you know, we get all nice and stony and chill. And then we watched, uh, in, uh, we watched the two part arc of Good Times where James dies, the two episodes. Very emotional. We were, yeah. we, we got very emotional. Um, such a good, such good acting. That show is so awesome. Then we watched an episode of Different Strokes where Willis is going to have sex with his girlfriend who's played by a young Janet Jackson. And then for some reason they don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know why they don't, but everyone learns a lesson about it or something. Yeah. Well, you know, like not to, I mean, I'll let you get back to your story, but I, you know, as you know, ever since I read that incredible uh, Urkel book on the show, I've been watching family matters, which is on Hulu currently. So, you know, watch family matters on Hulu. Uh, and, uh, this is not not branded content, by the way. No, no, no. But like, but I'm a sad, lonely man. So I watch family matters alone at night and, um, you laugh, but it's true. And anyway, so I'm watching it and there's an episode like that where, um, Eddie, Eddie Winslow, uh, he, uh, he's like going around with this girl and, uh, you know, and he was always, he always had girls on the show. He was always like a, a stud. Uh, but. You know, he's like 17 or 18 in this episode. And Carl sits him down and he's like, I just need to know whether or not, you know, like you're having sex. I need to know, are you still a virgin? And he's like, well, yeah, dad, I'm still a virgin. And and, then his dad's like, well, that's really good, son. And like, that was the whole message of the show was this like teens shouldn't be having sex. You know, like it was just so fucking funny. And like you said, it was like this whole thing where like they learn a lesson and everything and all of his friends make fun of him for still being a virgin. But then you find out that they're all full of shit and they're all still, yeah, they were all lying. Too. Of course. Yeah. 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 And of course, Steve is like, good for you, Edo, you know, and like all that. So meanwhile, know. he's fucking railing chicks like eternally. Oh, dude, um, he had Myra. So, I mean, like, it, Oh my God. Here's, here's what's funny. So, 
so that's funny that you talk about like family matters has that episode the the different strokes we watched was that but in the in the james dies arc two two-part episode of good times the youngest son, I for, his name is out of my mind for some reason, but they're packing up at the beginning to move because they're moving to Mississippi. Well, that's uh, Gary Coleman, right? No, no, that's in Different Strokes. I'm talking about in Good Times. The oh, youngest okay, son okay. In, in yeah, Good gotcha, Times. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm trying to say like in a comparison to the way that sex was handled in that those two shows. So the kid, the youngest son, he's like 13 or some, or maybe 14 when they're getting ready to pack up to move to Mississippi. Because James got a you know a job and all that shit over there, and he's been on the road working, and uh, he gets a phone call. The young, hello, oh hey, Lurleen or whatever her name is like, what? Doom, and he slams the phone and he says, "Mom, I gotta go." Lurleen has something very important to tell me, and he runs out. And uh, and then when he he comes back a few minutes later and makes this entrance, like all like, <sighs> and it's not only implying that they just fucked, like. <laughs> Like JJ is like, oh no, he left a boy but came back a man. That's mine. <laughs> and like the mo- flow is like, woo. And the other chick, that's like their friend, that's like kind of their aunt. They're all doing like yeah. high fives and shit for him, like, yeah, like, like basically going to fuck somebody. And that is good times. Good times is so good, dude. No, good times. Way better than anything. Show. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's good show. I, well, I, you know what I'll say is um, there's, well, there's a definitely a huge difference there because, uh, uh, in the family in different strokes, they were well off. They were the, like, you know, money wise, right? Good times. They were... Yeah, he was all rich and shit. Yeah, he was rich. Good times. They were fucking poor. So, you know, like rich people have a lot of fun things they can do. Poor people don't have much other than getting drunk and fucking. And I say this from experience. I grew up in a poor area. That was all there was to do. So, yeah, like. It's good that they were excited for him to lose his virginity or, you know, or, or keep it going. But I wanted to add this, too, for the Family Matters thing. Uh, this made me kind of uncomfortable watching it. Um, I was watching, like, I'm getting into the later seasons now because uh, I started, I only started watching from, like, season four or five on because those are the ones with Michelle Thomas, my, my the love of my life. Yeah. Uh, who played Myra Monkhouse on the show. Uh, Shouts out. Rest in power. Rest in power. Uh, for real, she did pass away at a very young age. Um, but anyway, so I'm watching it, and it's getting into the later episodes now, where they really jump the shark, and like, like everything is Urkel and Carl like getting shrunk or traveling through time. It's just really like, like getting... the original Rick and Morty type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But anyway, um, th- like they introduce this new character, this kid who's totally like seven from Married with Children or Poochie. You know, it's this new character. Named three J, who I didn't even remember. I'm sorry. Did you, I'm sorry. Did you just say three J? Three J is his name. Yeah, he's a kid. I'm sorry. I thought I heard you say three J. So DJ. Uh, three, number three J. Dash J letter That's or J A Y. The number three and the letter J. Three J oh, is his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's worse than Poochie as far as the names go. That's worse than seven. Hey, maybe that's a thing. Three J, seven. I don't know. You think um, the numbers thing? I don't know. Mm. Um, I guess like anytime someone's named a number, they're the worst character. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's this kid. I mean, the kid. Awesome six. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that what's the other one? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so so yeah. Anyway, three J was uh, you know he's a cute kid. Whatever. I don't know. He's like seven you know or, or seven or eight years old uh and and like he's this foster kid that they take in anyway um he's like always like he's like the cool kid 
you know, like, like he's like so cool and fly and he's like, you know, uh, wears his hat backwards and like all that. And so, uh, he's like, literally he's on the playground, like macking on chicks who are also like seven years old. Wow. Weird. It's really weird and like really uncomfortable. I don't know why they, they did this, but like, he's just like, Hey baby, you're looking good today. And she's like, so are you three J? And then the audience does the whole, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, they're seven years old. What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> you know what? It's a different time, dude. <laughs> As they say, time. it was <laughs> a different time. It was a simpler time where seven year olds um, fucked each other. <laughs> exactly, dude. Because they were progressive. Hey, you know, Get, grow up. I, uh, but before, I did not have sex when I was seven. I waited till I was a solid nine. nine. Yeah, yes. I remember I was there. So um, we were we had sex with each other. That's yeah, why. I was seven at the time. So anyway, <laughs> I want to before I forget, like you and we might have taught you might have brought this up to me. So if you did and I, I, I forgive me if I didn't realize it or forgot. But Nick brought up that there was uh, these three that three different pilots for all in the family they tried to launch it three different times and yeah. it's with all three of the same the same script but with different uh michael uh, and uh and what's her yeah. name gloria yeah. yes they are. um did you have you seen those yes um i have in fact i have them yeah they're yeah, on I, youtube I, I have like a um a spe well what i got is uh off archie bunker's place yeah well, um, they they released the first season to that on DVD, but it didn't sell, and so they never released the other ones. So I managed to find someone that sold a bootleg of of the whole series, and okay. I bought it. And like they also had those um, those pilots uh, on a separate DVD that they gave me too. So yeah, I have it all. It was so bizarre. Like uh, yeah, it's weird. You know, the first Michael is like I forget his name, but he's Irish and not Polish. And he actually had like he was actually a semi decent actor. And then the second one was like this big burly white guy that was all like supposed to be handsome and shit. But he he was like he was reciting lines like just mm -hmm. like ah, oh, oh, it was awful. It just got yeah. it just got worse. I thought as it went on. And then you end on them, and you're like, well, I guess this is the this is the less of the three evils, you know, just because we watched <laughs> them all in a row and it was so underwhelming, you know? No, yeah. I, I don't like, I watched them once when I got this thing like 10 years ago. I don't even remember. I, I, I didn't ever watch them again, but you know, uh, married children had that too. They had a pilot, which with different kids. Did they really? Yes, they did. I didn't know yeah. that. They did. The original Kelly was a brunette. What? I know. Get the fuck out it of here. It would have never worked. Nah, nah. But it, well, these are on YouTube. So if anybody wants to watch them, uh, you know, you can they're easily found on YouTube. But if you watch them all in a row like that, it's it's pretty interesting. Oh, and take three hits of acid. And um, yeah. <laughs> and then and then we watched a movie called Death Dream. It has some other name. It's like Tom's, I know that movie. Yeah. 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 It's like a cheesy like it's it's like borderline Freddy ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was stupid. And then um, we watched another movie. But I'll talk about. This is this is one of my new favorite movies, but it, it, it applies to what we're going to talk about in the meat of the show. Nice. So I'm not going to reveal it now. But we had I, an excellent time. That was, that was that was our rockin' Saturday night in Las Vegas. But uh, well, still, I have a question. That's not, that's not a bad night. I wanted I wanted to mention because uh, oh, I've been to I've been to um, you know now that you're done with your Vegas monologue, I want to kind of throw some in there too. Um, and another thing, what's the deal with <laughs> what's the deal with cardboard? Um, no, I've, I've been to Vegas three times, um, and I had three very different experiences and I'm going to go into detail now about every single one. No, I'm not. Um, I'm just going to say, is that your impression of me? No, 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 no. That was me just like 
making the audience groan before I, I relieved them. Uh, no, I'm just going to quickly say the first time I went to Vegas was absolutely amazing because um, I was in my 30s. I was like in the best shape of my life. Uh, and I went with, a, with another dude. We went together and I was single at the time. And I was there for like okay. six days, right? Dude, I had an amazing time. Uh, and I'm not a gambler. I'm not, I don't really care about gambling. Um, but like just being like a, like a single guy and being in good shape and young, like I had so much fun. There's, there was just girls everywhere. All these bachelorette parties, you know, like I had an amazing time. Second time I went to Vegas, I went with a, a bigger, bigger group of guys, um, which would have been good, except um, I was uh, engaged to be married. So I did not have nearly as good of a time mm -hmm. the second time I went. Gotcha. Third time I went was for uh, StokerCon. And that was maybe like three or four years ago, probably four years ago. Uh, and I, I was at the Flamingo, Bugsy Siegel's place, and I did not even... I, I like barely even left the hotel because at that point I was just so Vegas out, even though these were years apart. I like me personally, it's like, okay, I saw and did Vegas the right way. Then I saw it and it was kind of me the mediocre way. And then like, I, I didn't go there the third time for Vegas. I went there for Stoker con, you know? Right. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been to Vegas probably seven times. This is maybe my seventh time probably mm -hmm. or something like that. I got married in Vegas, my first marriage. Um, uh, shouts out to Did marriage. Elvis marry the two of you? Or? No. And you know what, dude? Don't even get me fucking started. We got married at okay, Caesar's Palace. No, Jesus. I'm sorry. No, you. Hey, sorry. It was Roy Orbison. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> we got married at Caesar's Palace, and it's like a whole package. You just pay for everything. You get like the wet. It's, it's just a one and done. Boom. And I was like, okay, cool. The only thing I want is for Elvis to do the ceremony. Uh, so here's the thing. Caesar's Palace will not let an Elvis impersonator do the ceremony at their chapels or their fucking thing. You either have the, your choice of the religious or non-religious guy that per, does the ceremony or Caesar and Cleopatra can marry you. Oh, so that's not cheesy, but Elvis <clears throat> is too cheesy? What? I think because they're like, that was their thing was Caesar's Palace. And yeah. they did, it was so, I was mad. Because after, after our ceremony, we were leaving like, dan, dan, dan. it's like we were out in this little garden with like 10 people. Like we, we exit as like Caesar and his whole fucking like entourage of weirdos are coming in, decked out in all their garb. And like the guards are coming, presenting. Taking all the attention away from like, you guys. What the fuck yeah. is this? Like, you know, but it was, but it was Vegas, dude. It's like the weddings are like, come on, let's go next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chop, you, chop. Hey, you, yeah. you know, you, yeah. All right. But uh, yeah, but we actually, Nick, we were looking out the window because uh, we walked across to get something to drink downtown, downstairs in the casino, not, not alcoholic drink. We had, we had our own beers, but he was looking outside the window, like at the, entrance of Fremont Street and I was like do you want to walk down the street and just take a look at it and he's like no and I was like yeah I don't want to either so because I've been there a bunch of times but I'll tell you this I was saying like before I went there I was like I really hate Vegas because I don't like to gamble mm -hmm. it's fucking hot it's expensive it's all the stuff that I'm like nah I, I every place you walk through it's just like cigarette smoke just in your face everywhere you go extreme. oh my god um, and then like it's an extra layer of hell to go during you know like oh my god like I can't imagine but yeah, but, I, but once I got there and we like got out of the car and like even walked through the casino the first time just to check in and stuff, I was like, 
all right, I hate this place, but it is pretty cool. Like, it's got a cool, you, you get the vibe, like the fucking energy and the vibe. Well, There's Fremont Street is, is Fremont Street is better than like the main strip. I yeah, I, I agree. Because the main strip is very polished. It's like, it's like, you know, it's very uh, user friendly, whereas Fremont Street is more the old school, dirty Vegas, you know. It's pretty so. cleaned up now, though. I mean, they've, they've, oh, really? When yeah, I went, yeah. when I went like 10 years ago, like, oh, no, there no. were, there were hookers and there were yeah. uh, like drug dealers that were like coming up to you left and right, not at the plaza, but like all the way down at the, like the end of the Fremont street, yeah. you, know, you know, where the big cowboy is and everything. Yeah. 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 Like that was just like left and right hookers and uh, drug dealers coming up to us. Did they, did they have the ceiling then with all the shit going on it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like a mall pretty much. You walk down there, it's like all clubs and fucking shops and bars and and then there's the casinos are all built into that because last time i was in vegas we stayed at the golden nugget on fremont street because yeah, uh, some yeah. friends of ours are getting married so i i agree though i do like to stay in that part of vegas better like the strip mm -hmm. is just sucks dude it's packed yeah everything it's, it's everything much. is far apart it looks close but good fucking luck dude yeah it takes forever it all you do is walk there. all you do is walk in vegas that's all mad on yeah. Yeah, you walk and uh, but but things are pretty contained around Fremont Street. So I, it was good, man. It was it was cool. To, good, it was cool good. to be just out and everybody was so fucking cool. Everyone was so laid back. There was no drama. There was no fucking argument. There was no like there was nothing. There was nothing. Every, everyone was just like happy and it was cool. And I sold a bunch of books. So. Good. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. Um, one more quick thing about Vegas before we actually get to our topics. I just want to yeah. say. Days of the Dead in Vegas. I think everyone should do cosplay as uh, as Dead Vegas people. Like you know, you can have Elvis, you can have Sinatra, you can have uh, you know Bugsy Siegel, Charlie Luciano, Meyer Lansky, all the gangsters. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty funny, huh? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Hilarious. Um, Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll form the head. Um, yeah. Moving on. So. Moving uh, on. Um. So yeah, um, we got a, a a great show uh, ready for you. Uh, but 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 I will say before we start, we were talking about this beforehand. As as everyone knows, like we record this show ahead of time to make sure everything's all good with it. But this will air on November fifth, so this will be two days after the presidential election of twenty twenty, mm -hmm. uh, and so we may be in full fledged civil war by the time this show comes out. And I, for one, root for the destruction of America. <laughs> I support our alien overlords. And I just want everyone to know that I voted for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. <laughs> Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of fucking interesting. Uh, that's, that's very fucking interesting, man. Very that's interesting. very interesting. So we could comment on it, but we're not going to because it's not a political show. And also, it hasn't happened yet in our time zone. Uh, but for all of you out there, I hope you enjoyed your uh, presidential election, and I'm sure that uh, the, the country will improve immediately uh, now that it's over and we've got uh, either hopefully a new leader or we've got the same old uh, same old dude. And I also just want to say, if you're hearing this, it means that Chris and I are dead. Please avenge <laughs> us. Evans. <laughs> That's a just in case. That's a just in case. Yes. All right. So, should we get into our our first segment now? I think we, we should. It? 
I think we should too. Yeah. I think it's time. I think we've jibber jabbered enough. I think people are getting impatient listening to our nonsense. I think they like it. I hope so. Wow. So uh, without further ado, let's get to our first segment, which is Book of the Week. Book. Book, 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 book. It's a book. And by the way, I, I, I messaged you about this the other night, that uh, that little ditty that I love so much. Oh, yeah, little that's accordion right. ditty. The one uh, we just heard. Like, the one we just heard. Um, I found out that the, the name of it, because we were talking about how like that's like a, a known polka song. And mm. it's uh, it's Roll Out the Barrel, also known as the Veer Barrel Polka. Uh, it's from the 1920s. Um, and it even has words. It, Roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. Sing it with me, John Wayne. Is that what passes for entertainment <laughs> in those days? <laughs> Roll out the barrel. Roll out the beer barrel. barrel of fun. Because <laughs> you're talking about getting drunk. I mean, come on. I guess. I Roll guess. Roll out the barrel. Is that the one with the video that you sent me to the link? Yes. With all the rapists that were singing that song. Yes. What, yeah. What, okay. What, okay. Sorry. What, where were you? Like, the, like this video. The video. I sent this to you, and I think I gave you this exact message that this is the song. <laughs> like, I know, but I couldn't remember because we have so many accordion-related conversations in our thread that I, I just, I got that one confused. But the video you sent me is old, is old-ass video, and they look creepy as shit. They look like yeah. they're gonna date rape you. Like, let me walk you home. Like, they're weirdo, fucking-looking dudes. Yeah. Allegedly. Yes, yes, they anyway, are. Book of the Week. <laughs> anyway, Book of the Week. Uh, it's a very special book, uh, and it kind of helps lead into uh, the, the, the uh, nature of the episode. Uh, this is a, a book that I'm almost done reading. You know, a lot of the time that we'll do a Book of the Week, it's, uh, it, you know, brand new or it's just coming out, so we haven't read it yet. But this one, I'm just about finished uh, reading. This one did come out a little while ago. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, couple of months if not longer uh and this is a book called kinfolk and it's by matt kurtz uh and it's uh, released through grindhouse press uh which uh, you and i have both been published through them uh really great press shouts out, uh, shouts out. Uh, and this is uh matt's first novel he's uh released a couple of books of short stories has been successful uh with short stories in different anthologies and stuff like that and that's how he and i kind of get to got to know each other we were in some of those together uh but anyway this book it's called kinfolk and it's uh uh it's kind of like starts off more as a crime novel about these two guys these brothers uh and how they want to you know like the one brother is trying to get revenge uh for his brother's wife's murder and they're like, he's like, come on, I got this new information about who did it. Let's go kill this, this, you know, guy. And, and so it kind of starts off with that. But, you know, they end up getting uh, lost in uh, the middle of Texas. He's also a Texan. Uh, Matt Kurt. Yeah, that's yeah. right. What, where is he from in Texas? Do you, does it say? Uh, he's from Hell, Texas, I okay. think it's called. No, it doesn't say. He just says, he says, he literally says he lives somewhere in the state of Texas. So he's, uh, he's like me. He doesn't like to give it all away. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, uh, these two brothers, they get, they, they're, you know, uh, they, they run into a, a, a ditch basically, uh, cause the one, the guy driving falls asleep and, uh, and they run afoul of some crazy rednecks. Uh, and so it kind of has that deliverance feel or that Texas chainsaw kind of feel, uh, but at the same time, the the, the protagonists uh, are these 
criminal types. So, you know, as I said to him, like, it was kind of almost like uh, Edward Lee meets uh, Edward Bunker, you know, uh, which is which is kind of a cool combination. So anyway, I'm going to read the uh, I kind of gave you a description, but I'll read it anyway. Uh, so here's the here's the synopsis. Criminal brothers Ray and Eric Kuttner pulled off what they thought was a seemingly simple score until Ray's innocent wife, Rachel, was brutally murdered in retaliation. Hell-bent on revenge, the brothers delivered their own merciless payback. Three years later, something sheds new light on Rachel's murder and requires the brothers to drive across Texas to Oklahoma on a new mission of vengeance that'll finally bring them closure. After an incident forces them to take back roads to elude the cops, they get stranded along a hunting ground patrolled by a family looking for fresh meat to feed their hunger for flesh. In a race against the clock, Ray and Eric must fight their way out of the backwoods of Texas and still make it across state lines to accomplish their plan of revenge, all before one very large and pissed off family secret is unleashed to stop them. So yeah, I basically summed it up even before I read that, but... That's uh very cool. Uh, if they're driving up into Oklahoma and shit, that means it's North Texas, so probably like Denton, Dallas, Fort yeah. Worth area, maybe. Well, I'm just gonna way. I'm just gonna dox them on the podcast. Matt, shouts out to you. No, shouts that out. sounds cool. And I'm also like, hey, no, fuck yeah for Texas. Any Texas guys, you got I got your back, dude. So it's <clears> it's <throat> it's really good. I've really enjoyed it. As I said, I, I'm maybe about thirty pages uh, away, so I'll probably finish it tonight. Uh, but I've really been enjoying it. It's it's a fast-paced, uh, really violent book, and uh, it opens with a incredibly brutal uh, uh, scene. Really, really brutal. Uh, so if if you like uh, that kind of stuff, I totally recommend Kinfolk by Matt Kurtz. And uh, I just want to jump before we get off of Book of the Week, because uh, you know you uh, that before we get off. But girl, I'm always getting off. Anyway, oh, uh, since we mentioned we mentioned Grindhouse Press, um, as Matt's book is on Grindhouse Press, I just want to uh, give a, a, a congratulations yeah, and shouts out to uh, C.V. Hunt um, with her book Ritualistic Human Sacrifice. It is uh, five years old this month of October. That, uh, well, when you hear this, but she had actually released a special edition hardcover that came out. Um, I pre-ordered it. I'm sorry. I'll so stop. you can still get it, but I got mine. It's uh, it's very cool looking. It's got a, it's awesome. I'm sh- showing it to the camera. Um, so if you're if you uh like that book, if you're a fan of that book, and you want a very cool like kind of like yeah special edition, it's very uh, it's worth it. It's a good book. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. extreme horror novel. It's like her definitely her most most popular. Uh, it's also available in German if that's your thing. Boom, got it right there. I was going to show you. Yeah. German edition. Zanzaisa. Ah, yes. And it's like super that's long. That's your German. Yeah. Nine. Nine Scheiza. So yeah, she uh, I did get my hands on a on a German edition. Um so uh, it is it is one of my favorite books, of course, and I have the, the tattoo. We talked about that, but right. it is pretty cool. So if you're a fan of that book, check it out. And uh, check, congratulations check. to Grindhouse and Carrie. Fuck my pipe. Anyway, I got a uh, new pipe. pipe. Did I tell you that. Huh? Did, tell Did I tell you I broke my pipe last time we yeah, talked? You told me you got a new one. You just like you made it a big feature on the show. Yeah. Oh, OK, good. It was our special guest. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, it was. Fair you enough. like showed it off. Here it is again with me. No. A <laughs> little Kermit Dick looking thing. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. 
It does. It looks like Kermit it looks like. Right here, dude. What's that? I got your Kermit dick. You've got a Kermit dick. Well, you know what? I've got your Kermit dick. Yeah. Well, you know what? Your dick. Your dick. <laughs> don't 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 try. Don't even. I know what you're trying to do, and you're awful. Just stop. <laughs> just, so you're trying like, to pull one of these two thousand and late things on me. Just stop it. Just, just stop just, this, dude. Just, Jesus I, fucking I Christ! I started to laugh too much. I, like I couldn't even get it out. I just start to okay, laugh. Okay, we're done. All right. <laughs> My dick locked in a cage, right? Your dick suffer from stage fright. <laughs> and you still, you see, and you still did it. I don't. My I don't, dick's I so hot it's stolen. Stop. Your dick looked like Gary Coleman. <laughs> Rest in power. Rest Gary in power Coleman. to your dick. <laughs> well, we've had some fun, haven't we? We've had a lot of laughs. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist it. It just, it just like you know. It's all good, man. You got sometimes you got to you got to go with those uh, impulses, and sometimes I appreciate you just that. Gotta, you got to do the my dick rhymes sometimes. Sometimes you've got to do the my dick rhymes. You're you right. Know you know what? We You're should right. do that. Like, like I, we I challenge you. I no. challenge you to, <laughs> to a my dick off. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we call that, that a jack off. But we're gonna have to, we will, I mean, we will, but we're gonna have to like put that behind the paywall or something. Cause if you want to see us have a dick off, you're gonna have to <laughs> shell out a little bit of money here. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. It's kind of like a rap battle. We'll just do like, we'll exchange dick insults. Uh, I think yeah. it'd be good. I think it'd be good. We'll make up all our own. Like those ones that I did were from that song. But um, I bet that you and I could probably come up with excellent rap dick lyrics <laughs> that people hate it here. We could absolutely do it. That or big dick jokes, because those are good too. Well, I guess. Oh, I'll get. I'll. We should go get some of those Big Johnson T-shirts and wear those from from twenty-seven years ago. <laughs> and the dick towel. Yes. Oh, dude, dick towel is cool though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do want to get one of those. My uh, my friends Kira and Ashley have one of those. Shouts out, guys. Um, oh God. Should we? Uh, should we, I mean I hate to be the one that, to even mention this, but should we move on to our next segment? <laughs> well, my dick get... is sick and dangerous. Oh, Your dick is quick and painless. So let's move on to our next segment, which is uh, ridiculous reads. Ridiculous, ridiculous reads. Well. My dick does ridiculous reads. Your dick uh, loves the Superman threes. <laughs> right here, I just held up novelization of Superman three to the camera. Very, very, very <laughs> handsome picture of Christopher Reeves of Superman holding. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh my god, that's so good, dude. Uh, <laughs> he's got a uh, fucking Richard Pryor. In his arms, and they're flying over the canyons. Everything about this is wonderful. So, um, everything. This is the best. It's kind of cool. So, this is a novel by William Kotzwinkel, <laughs> and he has a credit here. Author of the novel. <laughs> Wait, what was his fucking name? William Kotzwinkel. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, author of the novelization of E.T. the extraterrestrial. No, that was a that was a different thing. Extra cholesterol. Extra cholesterol. That was a good movie. Yeah. Extra extra 
extraterrestrial. Oh, my God. Um, and good. then and then, it, you know, it's funny. Here's a little thing that's funny. Um, you know, he's got he's got Richard Pryor in his, you know, he's holding Richard Pryor in his arms and flying across the canyons. And the quote on the front says, this time, Superman really has his hands full. And it's funny because he. Yeah, he's, because he's carrying Richard Pryor. Yeah. So this Superman movie, this was a, a hammer film. Was it not? This one was Hammer, right? No, no, no. Hammer. Superman 4 was Hammer. Yeah, Hammer uh, films are British horror movies. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. The, no I, I don't think so. No, they got a hold of... Uh, Cannon got a hold of it yeah, uh, with part it. 4. I'm sorry. My, my bad. I, I confuse those sometimes. Sorry. Cannon. Yeah, yeah. Cannon yeah. got it um, uh, with part 4, which is makes Superman 3... Part 4 makes part 3 look like part 1. Um, I, I know what you mean by that analogy. I think, uh, I, while I agree with you... Uh, I always, as a child, liked part three, um, but as I'm, a child, I was a I stupid kid, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I, I did, too. I did, too. Like, the whole thing where, like, Clark Kent fights Superman and, like, because Superman becomes, like, he splits in two and he becomes, like, a drunk. I love that scene where he's getting drunk at the bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's flicking it's, the peanuts. It's so fucking um, weird. Uh, but, yeah, so I liked it, too, as a kid. But, like, you watch it now and you're just like, oh, man, this is this is really shitty. And, like, as much as I love Richard Pryor, and I do, and I plan to talk about him later on, um, like, including, like, this whole comic element in a Superman movie, just, I don't know. It's like, what was, like, it just didn't work together, you know? It, it was, everything didn't work. Like, they had, a, you know, no Lex Luthor. They, they have Lois Lane at the beginning, and she goes on vacation for the whole movie and comes back in the last two minutes, you know? It's like, uh, but also what was going on behind the scenes, I think, was, like, the director was fired the, the, the one that did, did one and two or something like that no no that that happened in part two uh, uh richard donner was was yeah. fired from part two right uh, uh they didn't want to be in part three without him they wanted to bring him back or something there's people who wanted it. i don't know here's the thing i listened to this podcast called we hate movies the superman three uh episode and they went over a lot of facts about it so you can check that out and uh for the real facts i guess I happen I happen to really really love uh, the uh, the Superman uh, series with Christopher Reeves, uh, even though like three uh, three and four are abysmal. Um, I love the first two very much. I'm a big big fan, um, and uh, so I I do know uh, somewhat uh, a little back info on them. I'm not saying I know you do, but I'm just saying for our listeners, because uh, uh, I bet a lot of people haven't seen this one. Or at all. But this is if you are if you have seen the movie Office Space and you haven't seen Superman three, the whole premise the whole of them stealing like the the, the fractions of sense and stuff is mm -hmm. from Superman three. They make a reference to it in the movie. Yeah, they, they, they mention it in the movie. They mention it. But that's what the whole thing that Richard Pryor comes up with. And and when you listen to this broken down from another point of view, uh, it is pretty the whole the whole Everything about this movie is pretty ridiculous. It also has uh, that 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 scene that's like one of those. It's one of those scenes that '80s kids got terrified by. You know, like there's like certain movies, like we talked about this before, like with the Wheelers in Return of Oz, and um, and uh, um, you know the 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 birds in the Dark Crystal. There were certain things that really freaked kids out, and everyone's like, "Oh, you remember that scene?" Uh, Superman three has one of those. It's when that woman fuses with the machine. Like, it's so frightening and, like, disturbing. It was, like, really freaked me out, freaked a lot of people out uh, as kids. Uh, so that's another little tid bit. But take it away, sir. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm actually glad you bring that up because that scene that you just uh, stole my thunder on is the exact scene I will be reading 
from this novelization of Superman three. I got a chance uh, to steal your that that wow. was uh, how I the tables I, I kind of set you up for it. I think yeah, the tables have turned. Yeah, I'm really upset. Uh, no, but that is this. No, it's it's it. it you're absolutely right. So it it makes sense that I did choose this scene because I was terrified. I was a little pussy boy, giant pussy GP as a kid, but I would still like make myself watch this stuff. And like this scene I had, I would have to close my eyes and look through my fingers. Um, not in a sexy way, dude. No, I see of, like, like so many kids were freaked out by that scene back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it did freak me out. So that's why I've picked, uh, I've picked that scene to read from this novelization of Superman three by the great William Kotzwinkle author of the novelization of ET, the extraterrestrial. So where we're starting here is like in the middle, like, you know, the, the whole thing is going, this is in the, the end, you know, Superman, they've shot missiles at him from the mountain, from where their secret mountain is, all this crazy shit's going on. And, uh, you know, um, just, it, it's kind of chaos that we start with. So <clears throat> Superman cried Lorelai, don't leave us alone in here. It is Lorelai in that movie, isn't it? That's what they call her, right? I don't remember. Well, that's what it is in here. Uh, don't leave us here alone. Superman, the helpless girl, so accustomed to having things her own way, looked around in terror as the computer shook with electronic cascades of power. For a moment, she was paralyzed. Her life passed before her, and she remembered she had only six credits to go for a doctorate in philosophy. <laughs> Somehow, this gave her a burst of strength from deep within, and she raced toward a ladder. Get out of my way, you tramp. Vera Webster was right behind, trying to save herself, too, but she'd pressed one button too many in her earlier glee. A panel opened now, and poor Vera was sucked back across the deck and drawn into the computer, her body crashing against a section of its circuitry. Ross, help. Ross. A monstrous transformation began to take place, one prefigured in Vera's childhood long ago when her brother had wired her for sound. She was suddenly part of the gigantic grid of the computer. Circuitry appeared beneath her skin. Her face was distorted into a grotesque inhuman cubistic form. Charges of electricity passed through her body, lighting it up. An unearthly sound came from her throat. Her arm crackled, and a silvery sphere of magnetic energy shot out. Lorelai was caught by it as she fled across the terrace grid. Her motion was stopped, and she was lifted into the air. No! No! The magnet swung her to the wall of the cave and pinned her there. Kicking and screaming, her shoes fell off and her hairdo was almost ruined. She saw the... Oh no, not the hairdo! <laughs> I'm glad they included that detail. She saw the error of her ways. That she should have, had, she should have sold her Webco shares after they'd split. And then split herself to Palm Springs. Vera, meanwhile, had grown still more dehumanized, her body glowing like a 42nd Street marquee. She had become a living tube of fluorescence. A hideous yellow probe shot from her forehead, sending an x-ray of searing intensity across the room. Perhaps Vera was taking revenge on her brother for having tormented her in childhood. Now, as he regained consciousness and struggled to his feet, the yellow beam stopped him in his tracks, burning off his eyebrows and bow tie. He tried to move, but he was held fast in the yellow beam like someone encased in a quarter pound of margarine. What? Okay. Um, 
I uh, it sounds like maybe we should have tossed that one around the writer room a little bit more. Like, ah, margarine, let's go with it. His life now that's similes for you right there. His life passed before him and he saw the error of of his ways. He should have electrocuted his sister at an early age for look if she'd be (laughs) fire shooting out of her nose, lights coming from her head, a monster who had a fiendish grip. Vera, he groaned, let me go. I'll give you the company. You can have my Kruger ends. But Vera was beyond his voice, caught in the machine's electronic embrace. A grotesque smile seemed to have crossed her face as 220 billion pulsations per second passed through her, vibrating her organs. A lonely woman, possibly. She mistook this electronic caress for love. Her teeth lighting up. Her hair curling. And I'm going to stop it right there because it gets sexy. Whoa. whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can read that to me later. The thing is, is I I found that interesting. It was like so much of that is uh, you're, you're hearing what's in her head when that's happening and you're hearing what this guy just thinks is in her head while it's yeah, happening. Yeah. And I think that's hilarious. I, the, this yeah. guy, I buy me the author. Um, <laughs> so that was my ridiculous, good, my ridiculous reads. Uh, I did not uh, plan that dick rhyme at the top of this. I just want you to know that was off, I know, the, that dome. Was really was off good. the dome. That was really, really good. Um, I, yeah, the whole, the whole, my dick thing was, a spontaneous thing uh as was like like i didn't know you're gonna read superman 3 and i definitely didn't know you're gonna read that scene but i just felt compelled to bring up that connected that scene. Yeah. it just kind of it kind of just all, all went together man it's just uh it's amazing and then it went to shit and it all went to shit yep, no, just but, like just like my life but like you said superman 3 was uh one of my favorites as a child i was really enamored with the idea of stealing all that money honestly if we're uh, that that kind of goes along with what our topic is later um i liked that i was like oh that would be so cool to be able to figure out how to just i don't know i liked that kind of stuff but uh and then i thought nuclear man was cool until like i, no, I he was not. revisited it now it's pretty it's pretty awful but it's beyond awful it's absolutely horrible nuclear man was never cool dude never not even as a kid was he cool he was that's no. terrible it, you know yeah i mean he was no richard Pryor. No, he was not. Uh, he was he was like a poor man's Dolph Lundgren, that guy. Um, <clears throat> like the but, he was like the not he was below the GoBots version. He was like the dollar store version of Dolph Lundgren. Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was he he was like the free with purchase uh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Well, now that all of that is uh, is done and in the in the uh, log books of history, uh, I think we can get into our our first topic of the night. What do you think about that? I think it's just fine. I think so too. So we were talking a little bit of what we wanted to do next. Uh, of course, we are both horror writers and uh, horror fanatics, and the past couple of shows are all about Halloween. So there's been a lot of horror involved so we thought we would go into another category uh that we both enjoy i personally have written a couple of books in this genre uh and i'm a big fan of the genre uh and <clears throat> you're a fan as well correct sure absolutely sure sure <laughs> he goes with the flow folks that's why you gotta love him got my <laughs> notes right here <laughs> all right so it says to say sure after chris asks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the chris agree right there that's the mm-hmm. chris agree um 
All right, so that's the Chris agreement guarantee. <laughs> it is Chris so that, guarantee. Oh my god, dude! The, the, dude, there we go. You know, another another one that we another. I know my. We can use that. The Chris agree guarantee. I don't know what we're guaranteeing, but we'll figure that out later. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll do lunch, babe. Uh, but right now we need to get to our first topic, which is one, two, three, four. Crime. Yeah, I hear you. But breaking my Tommy gun don't. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. What does he say? I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. It doesn't. Uh, so crime. We're talking about crime. And if you can't listen to crime, don't spend the time. Uh, <laughs> my I'm dick. Of, I've got a lot of editing to do on this one. <laughs> My dick, good, good loving. Your dick, good for nothing. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking crime in fiction and film. We're not talking about the actual crimes we've committed because we, uh, you know, mums the word on those. Um. So, shall we uh, get right into uh, crime fiction, or do you want to start with crime films, or where you want to go? Uh. Well, I mean. I, I, uh, I was, when you, when we, you, you presented this topic, I was like, okay, cool, cool. Cause I like more recently than not, I've been, uh, getting more into crime related stuff, specifically mm. heist stuff and revenge crime stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'm kind of like, just like I'm getting into it now. So I was like, okay, cool. Cause I know that you can have, you have a vast knowledge, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I want to start, I mean, I, whatever you want to start with, but I mean, I would start with movies. Yeah. Well, that was a rambling answer, but yeah, we can start with movies. That's fine. <laughs> Grambling. Grambling. <laughs> Grambling. All right. So let's talk about, um, crime films, uh, and, you know, we'll break it down from there. Okay. Uh, here's, here's something that I'd like to mention before we get rolling with it is that there is definitely a, a big difference between a crime film and an action film. A crime yeah. film, yeah, yeah. A crime film doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of action in it. And if a crime film is all action, it's a fucking action movie. You know, like like Cobra with Stallone. I love that movie, but that's an action movie. That is not a crime film, even though he's a cop and all of that. That's an action movie. So like you know, all the Schwarzenegger stuff and everything. Like those are action films. Um, so we're gonna, we're not going to really get into that because we also, we already did an episode all about action one man army movies. Uh, so you can go in our back catalog and and check that one out if that's what you want to hear. Do uh, it. So uh, there are many great crime films and many great subgenres of crime films. You know, like you have like the uh, street crime films, and, they have, and then you have like the rural America uh, type films, the gangster movies. Um, and so on heist uh, films would you say that's those heist films yeah absolutely yeah absolutely heist films bank robbery what you know like you know like because like yeah there's all different like little uh subcategories but um you seem to have a hard-on right now for heist films so why don't you get into that and talk about uh some of the heist movies that you like 
Well, I, I mean, I've mentioned a little bit before, but it was, you know, you know, we can all like you gave him shouts out. I've given out his voodoo password. But Nick P uh, is very, you know, a very good friend of me for many reasons. But he does show me a lot of excellent movies because he is a film person like he knows everything. He's very into it. So we watched uh, when, you know, on one of these trips we were on to uh, conventions, we watched the taking of Pelham one, two, three and yeah. uh, the original one, not this fucking new one with John fucking you know fucking johnny saturday night or whatever and uh it, it uh john travolta johnny so, saturday night it was uh that's I, it was, your new nickname <laughs> that's right baby johnny saturday night johnny saturday night doesn't you're gonna have to start wearing like a like a I, sequenced fucking uh i'll do know, it jacket and shit i yeah. will you got it that'll be your like that's other persona right <laughs> no that, johnny like saturday your, night that'll be like your stefan urkel you know, it'll be your like other cooler persona. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, this is all true. These are all true things. It's all but, true. But uh, this was one of those things where Nick put this movie on, and I was like, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm not gonna watch this movie because it was already like two thirty in the morning or some shit like that, or three. And uh, but I just got really sucked into it from the beginning. And that's yeah. the heist. This is a heist movie. Um, real quick, if you're not familiar with it, this this group executes this very intricate, very well thought out planned plot to hijack a single New York subway car yeah. for $1 million. And they give the city of New York one hour to give them the money, one hour, no exceptions. And they stick to that. And, it, and that makes the movie very, that adds a, a, an element of like uh, anxiety drama to the movie. Oh, yeah, but totally the characters does. are yeah. really fucking awesome. Like each criminal that's a part of this gang is I don't know. They go into a lot of it. And then so it was a book also originally. Mm -hmm. So I went and read the book uh, right after I saw the movie and um, sticks to it pretty well, except for like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Walter Matthau's character in the book is originally black and they had to. Yeah. Uh, well, but I wash it. Anyway. Uh, that was one thing I was going to mention yeah. um, is that uh, is is the cast is really good. You do have uh, Walter Matthau uh, in a non-comedy role. Uh, I love Walter Matthau. Uh, it's great awesome. In like yeah, if you, if you like, I saw him walk on the screen. I was like, okay, this is Walter Matthau. What is this? And he was amazing. Oh, he's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you've got you've also got Martin Balsam in that movie. And uh, we were speaking, we were talking about uh, Archie Bunker's place before he was Archie Bunker's partner in the first two seasons. Uh, Martin Balsam. He was also in a lot of movies. I um, mean, you know, using uh, uh, Cape Fear and um, uh, the original Psycho and, and stuff like that. Great actor. He's in Death Wish Three. Uh, so I mean, well, yeah, you don't get better yeah, than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the one who gives Bronson the uh, that like fifty caliber machine gun. That gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who gives him that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a good movie. And uh, like you said, it, it it amps up the tension um, very well because they've got that hour, and also you know, like all of that kind of takes place in the film, like within an hour's time. So it's almost like a real time. It is like a real time. Thing, yeah, yeah. Thing you're watching. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. And, um, and like, as I mentioned before, like, you know, your favorite Quentin Tarantino, that's where he got, he borrowed the Mr. Pink and Mr. Brown, Mr. Yep. That was what they, they did in the, all you of say, the, you the say criminals. Borrowed as if it wasn't stolen. <laughs> <clears throat> he was paying homage, dude. Yes. Yes. Uh, it takes anyway, a, hey, I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna say nothing. I think Tupac said it takes a thief. All right, <clears throat> or one of them. And now he's dead. So shows what he. Rest if he's power. so smart, why is he dead? He's probably a lot smarter than the rest of us. Mm. Anyway, 
Uh, I I liked this movie. It's a crime. I, I got super into heists because of this movie. But what really burns me up inside, spoiler alert, um, I'm going to spoil it. I don't care because this is what this is what uh, well, got don't spoil me. the ending. If people are hearing this, they want to go check it out. But this is the whole this is the whole part of my fucking heist thing. This movie is 35 years old or something. Well, I know, but some but people who are listening might be realizing like not never heard of this until now. And now you got them all excited. Don't spoil the ending, please. OK, I won't spoil the ending. But one Thank thing you. I really hate is when uh the good guys always have to win for some stupid reason in these in these heist movies, these crime movies. It's like it, it, they're, it could be executed perfectly. And, you know, they show the good guys behind the whole time. But at the end, some weird fucking batarang throws in and like all of a sudden they have the upper hand. Well, now and you I, gave away the ending that Batman shows I, up and yeah. like saves the it's a crossover. Adam West, the Adam West crossover. shows up. Walter Matthau turns out he's the you know he's the Riddler, and uh, it's a great time. But I no, it's Robin. It was like he was Robin. Matthau's he was, Robin. Was Robin the Jack Riddler. Lemon is is Batman. Yeah, Jack. We're Lemon. into a lot couple. Jack Lemon was Lemon Man. But I I just um I don't know why I just um if you're gonna set it up um to. I don't know to make the good guys like unbeatable from the beginning or something. That's fine. But if we're playing like real life shit and these criminals have it figured out, I don't appreciate the writers or whoever throwing in some weird random thing that gets the bad guys caught at the end. I think right. that, well, I don't know. I don't have a problem with letting the bad guys get away in these stories because no, it's no, fun. Not, at I mean, all. It's fun. not at all. And I think you see that more now. Um, but like back, back then, um, yeah, it was definitely like it always had to have a positive ending. It's only within maybe the past decade or so where it's become more acceptable to have a darker ending. And people still bitch. Audiences want the good guys to win, um, which is stupid because it doesn't always make a good story. Yeah, you know? so, yeah exactly. That That's the thing. It, it takes a good story and ruins it by by adding some by the, adding these weird things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I no, I totally agree with that. I totally do. Um so I wanted to uh unless you have something more to say, I want to move on to some uh, some other no, ones. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm uh, saying like that that got me super into heist stuff. So I started consuming well, what other heist stuff have you been checking out? Um I watched uh that movie, I think it's called The Heist with uh, <laughs> with Robert De Niro. And... That was really good. Is it called the heist? I can't remember, no, but they're I, like that. That they're... that segue was good. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I think cars. there's a movie called that. I don't think I've seen it though. They're driving cars like in Italy, and it's it's mm. got it's got like badass car chases. Um, I got yeah that that one. Um, heat, you know, classics heist. Uh, got to be able to walk away. Um, I don't know. Mostly like. Uh, I watched the remake of Taking a Pelham One Two Three as well, and it sucked. It's awful, mm. awful. Mm. Yeah, I know. Awful. You know how when you say things are awful, that's yeah. how awful this is, dude. That's pretty awful. Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. It ruins the story. It ruins the characters. It ruins the integrity of the entire thing. Don't watch it. Don't. I, won't. I have no plans to. <laughs> Good. No, uh, uh, go on, go on. You, you take it, take it from here. I, okay, it is called. Uh, it's called by the way, that movie I was talking about. I okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do vaguely remember it, but I have not seen it. Um, well, there's definitely a, a lot of famous, you know, crime films that everyone loves, like 
Goodfellas and, and movies like that. Um, but uh, I didn't want to really get into them. I wanted to bring up some underrated ones. And I think that's one of the reasons I didn't want you to give away the whole ending of that movie is because I'm hoping that people who listen to this will uh, get to hear about some films and books that they weren't familiar with and might check out now based on our suggestions. Absolutely. Um, and the, and so, the book is also worth the read, just in case I didn't reiterate that enough. Like, it's it's worth the read. It's very good. And who, who wrote it, do you want to say? I don't have that written down in my notes in front of me. Was it Johnny Saturday Night? (laughs) It was by Johnny Saturday Night, who also wrote the novelization of E.T., Extraterrestrial. (laughs) Extra cholesterol, E.C., extra cholesterol. I'll I'll mention it. I'll look it up and mention it later. You you go ahead. All right, all right. Um, All right, so I wanted to mention some underrated um, crime films that I really like. These are movies that... Uh, very few people, if any, uh, talk about. Like, when I bring these up, no one knows what I'm talking about. Um, so I wanted to get into a couple of them. Uh, so I have a few listed here. Uh, which one should I bring up first? Let's see. Um, let me start with The Counselor. Um, the Counselor came out, I think, 2013 or so. Uh, and I really like this film. It's actually, the screenplay is by one of my favorite writers, Cormac McCarthy. Uh, who of course, who of course, gave us *The Road* and *No Country for Old Men* and the *Border* trilogy—all all amazing books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he he wrote this screenplay, and it's you know about a you know a crime gone wrong. It's got a nice uh, array of characters, good cast, um, <clears throat> including uh, uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Penelope Cruz and um, a, a whole array of people, Javier uh, Bardem. Um, Anyway, it's it's a really a, a crazy movie because it's you know because it's McCarthy, it's very dialogue heavy and it's very philosophy heavy, and I really like that. Uh, I, I like the fact that you, here you have this crime film, but they're dealing in all of the because it's McCarthy, and you know how like anyone who's read him knows how he is, where he gets into this really deep existential stuff and like you know about God and life and man's place in the universe and all this stuff, but it's in this crime film, uh, you know, uh, with you know. Uh, shootings and beheadings and shit, you know? So um, that's a really good one. And uh, I was wondering, have you seen The Counselor? I haven't seen that one. Yeah. That's a Cormac McCarthy one, you said? Yes. That's I mean, I, I, I've been course talking I've about that. for the last two minutes. That, I know. That, I just wanted to make, I wanted to clarify <laughs> that I didn't make a mistake because I've seen No Country for Old Men and read the right. book as well. Right. And I did, I did, I, well, I was going to mention that uh, as well as No Country for Old Men is, uh, is also a great crime story, great book, great movie, probably the great. most faithful adaptation I've hey, ever I, seen. I was going to say uh, definitely yeah. super fa- like super faithful to the plot of that book, right. like almost right. verbatim. Yeah. And you know what pisses me off about that or just like puts my head into like a explosion like rate about that movie is like if he just didn't go back to fucking check on that guy. Mm hmm. Then none of it would happen. Yeah. None of it would have happened, and he would have had all that money. Well, that that's what happened. That's that's totally McCarthy. Though. That's whole like that's the whole philo- philosophical aspect. Exactly. Like, and that's you know, what makes you think. Like, yeah, that I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, no good deed goes unpunished. Like, if he had basically in the film and the book, if you haven't, you know, if you're not familiar, uh, this guy comes across a a massacre. It was like this whole drug deal gone wrong, and there's all these like dead bodies everywhere, and he finds this big bag of money, and decides to take it obviously uh but there's one person left who's still somewhat alive this guy's basically dying in uh in a truck and he's just like agua agua and he's like i don't have any fucking agua he goes home with the with the with the money and then he um 
you know, he's laying in bed, he's got this money, and just he and like he just can't stop thinking about that poor guy and how much he needs water. And so he goes and brings him water. And sure enough, when he goes out there, these other criminals show up, and then like he's fucked, and the rest of the movie on the run. And that um, guy was dead anyway when he got. And there. the guy was fucking dead. Yeah, um, but he was trying to do this good thing. His, you know, and like his conscience got to him. And if he hadn't have done that, the whole rest of the movie wouldn't have happened. You know, it would have been the a different movie. It would have been like it would have been very short. It would have been like, and he lived happily ever after with all. No, because I would want to see him go buy a house with his wife. I want to see the whole process. I want to see them well, look very at schools. Yeah. You know, see how schools are in certain areas. You know, I, it would have been fine. But yeah. that is one of my favorite crime books, one of my favorite crime films. And yeah. uh, the counselor is Tell not me about a, the counselor, though. Yeah, yeah, the counselor is not a. Um, it's not a, a book of his. It's just a screenplay he wrote that was made into the film. Um, really, really a, a powerful movie, and it was people just didn't like it because it was just so heavy on dialogue and mm. so existential uh, that people just. You know, modern audiences don't want that. You know, they go to see a movie, you know, that's a crime film and they want to see people shooting each other and you know, all that kind of stuff. They don't want to see these long monologues and, and stuff just about all sorts of bizarre things. And um, Spider-Man. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's what people want to see, not me. That's yeah, that is that. Okay, I see what you're saying. That's what people want to see. Yeah, absolutely. They want to see Spider-Man for the millionth time doing the same shit. Um, and yeah, but this before, time but he this lands time. on two elephants who are fucking. <laughs> Mr. Uh, so the, the counselor is, is really good. I recommend it. Um, it's also got some really weird stuff in it. Like Cameron Diaz is in it and she basically has sex with a car. Um, so highly recommend it. I won't say any more because just hearing that will probably get people to be like, what? I have to see that. So yeah, check it out. Okay. Uh, so that's one. That, that I think is super underrated. Uh, the next one I'll bring up, I think, is even better. Um, it's a film called Killing Them Softly, uh, with also with Brad Pitt. Why is that so familiar? I think I have seen that. What's the yeah. premise? Uh, it came out in 2012, and actually, uh, it's about... Oh, no, uh, I haven't then. Okay, these these two guys, they rob a, a poker game where that it's being held uh, by all of these gangster types, so there's a lot of money, and they rob the poker game. Uh, and then everything goes wrong for them and all, all the other people involved. Um, yeah. And that also has Brad Pitt, stars Ray Liotta as well, um, underrated actor. Uh, and uh, that one I really like. That one is actually based on a uh, novel as well uh, by George V. Higgins, who was a, a great crime writer, uh, considered one of the the, the true greats, he actually inspired Elmore Leonard and um, Dennis Lehane and like all these other, you know, uh, prolific crime authors. Uh, but they changed the title. But anyway, it's called Killing Them Softly. And uh, what I really like about this particular crime film is that it's, uh, uh, you know, he was also very good at dialogue, but not as uh, philosophical as, as McCarthy. Uh, his dialogue was more true to life you know like in a lot of mccarthy stuff like the dialogue is so rich and philosophical it's like no one talks like that in real life you just kind of have to accept that for what it is yeah. uh, whereas this it's just like really rich dialogue really flowing like real life um but anyway it's it's set a it's set against the backdrop of the 2012 uh presidential elections uh, uh obama's you know go, was going for his second term then um mm -hmm. Or no, no, wait, I'm sorry, not 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 2012. Um, 
2008. I'm sorry, 2008. Because, yeah, George uh-huh. Bush's presidency was over. Right. Uh, it was just in. So, like, as the movie is going on, like, Bush is about to be out, and it's Obama versus McCain. Um, and so that's set again. That's just the background. Like, they, that, that is, doesn't have anything to do with the plot. But it just kind of sets a timestamp on it, kind of. Uh... Not just Well, not just the timestamp. What it does is it, it, it works as this kind of, like, parallel uh, where it's like the, the crimes of these street criminals are kind of shadowed by the crimes of big government. You know, it's kind of uh... like, yeah, it's a really cool the way that, that it's done, where it's basically, it, it's at its core, the movie is really about the disintegration of the American dream. Uh, that's what the movie's really uh, more about. Um, so I, I really, really dig that film a lot. It's got some really, uh, really good performances in it, and some and some intense violence. There's a one scene in particular where a guy's getting just the shit beaten out of him, and it's actually really hard to watch because uh, it's so brutal um, and realistic. And that's that's the thing. Like you know, you watch a horror movie, and it's just like, and the guy gets chainsawed from the top of his head to his crotch, and it's like funny because it's so absurd. This is very realistic. It's just, it's just the guy literally getting beaten with fists and wow. like just vomiting from being beaten so bad and stuff. It's really hard to watch. Um, but uh, the film is very more, much worth seeing uh, and uh, I highly recommend it is, is what I'm saying. So I was talking about Killing Them Softly. I wanted to mention that's a, a film directed by Andrew Dominic. Uh, he got his directing chops, um, pun intended, with a movie called Chopper, which was about the Australian criminal uh, known as Chopper. It's the uh, uh-huh. bi- biopic. <laughs> biopic. The biopic uh, man. I don't uh, know how you say that. Yeah. Biopic sounds like it's right. It, it, it probably is. Um, then why do people say biopic? Just to be like, no, only I, I went do. to school I, and friends. No, no, I did that because I was stupid and you corrected me and made fun of me and now I know That's to say biopic. People say it too. I wow. correct them and make them all feel stupid as well. Oh, as long as you're making people feel stupid. Yeah. Your tweets. So Andrew Dominic, uh, he also did another movie that I really like. It's not a crime film. It's historical fiction. It's called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Also with Mr. Pitt. Um, uh, really an exceptional film. Um, one of Probably my favorite historical fiction film. Great Western. Mm. Uh, all about how... You know, Jesse James was betrayed by one of his own crew. Uh, good movie. Good movie. Jesus. So. Jesus? Like Jesus. He was betrayed by one of his yeah. own. Yes. Uh, Judas. Yes, he was. Oh, that's uh, what Judas did? Oh, shit. I'm thinking of, the, I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> you think of the other guy who killed Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> his name was Johnny Saturday Night. <laughs> Saturday Night. Crab, crabapple. I've been saying crabapple. Oh, I look like an idiot. That Johnny's everywhere you want to be. Um, so uh, I, can I do real quick? I wanted to do two other do, unrated. Yeah. No, no, go uh, ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Two I more that are just. I said, please do go ahead. Okay. Um, two more films that are underrated. I mentioned Ray Liotta earlier because uh, he's in Killing Them Softly. Uh, he's also in a movie called Narc. With Jason Patrick. Have you seen that one? I have not, but it's been recommended to me. Dude, it's a really good crime film. Really good. Okay. Uh, about uh, 
you know, these these two cops uh, who are in, or are investigating the murder of a fellow cop, and they're all in narcotics. So these guys, you know, go undercover in the the heavy drug scene and even end up like Jason Patrick's character ends up getting addicted to drugs, you know, because he's a cop and he has to like really infiltrate it and like has to do the drugs and everything. Uh, so it, it's it's a really powerful film on that level. But I bring it up because this is one of those like things where I'm like the Academy Awards mean nothing to me uh, because the fact that Ray Liotta didn't get best actor or even nominated for best actor for the movie NARC is ridiculous. He's so fucking good in that movie. He is that character. He like is the embodiment of that character. Um, he, you know, plays this, this cop who's just this total like hard ass uh, cop um, who is uh, very off the rails you know he's um just been weighed down by like like being in this job and just like this the hard shit that he's seen in his life there's this whole scene where he's talking about um uh, how he like did this raid on a guy's house and uh he had the guy had his own like 11 year old daughter uh like he was pimping her out to buy drugs and stuff and like mm. it's just and like it's just like all this stuff that he's seen is just kind of like it's just kind of like fucked him up and now he's just like this angry cop uh, but anyway, awesome movie. It's called Narc, uh, and I believe I saw it when I was flipping around. It's on—I mean, I have the DVD. I, I saw it when it came out in the theater. But um, I believe if you are, want to check it out, uh, it is on Amazon Prime right now. Cool. So you can Amazon's check it out. got a lot of great stuff. They do. They do. What was the uh, other one you wanted to bring up? One more, and I saved this one for last because I think—I mean, it's kind of close between this and Killing Them Softly, but. Uh, I think I think I'm going to say this one is my favorite of the lot. Uh, this one is called Killer Joe. Have you seen this one with Matthew McConaughey? No, but I've seen that name. Uh, like I like scrolling through the Matthew McConaughey. You've seen his name. I have seen that name. I'm trying to think from where I think. You know what? I bought a Lincoln from that guy. That's hey, what. There it, you go. There you go. I went on the lot. This guy came out. He said, all right, all right, all right. And you said, uh, take what I money. like about these Lincolns is they get older. I stay the same age. Yep. And then he handed something. you a joint and you said, and, shut up and take my money. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I'm really upside down with that guy too. I've got to get my shit together. <laughs> I should have read that contract. <laughs> you more, that more. whole tripling balloon payment at the yeah, end. That, yeah. yeah. CBP. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Killer Joe is, uh, is actually based on a play. Uh, so the majority of the film takes places takes place in small rooms and it's a heavy dialogue. Uh, right. So I love that about it. I love that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, another one with really rich dialogue. Uh, but anyway, um, this guy, not McConaughey plays a dirty cop in this. And uh, this guy, this young kid, he uh, basically is trying to pull an insurance scam uh, to get the money that he needs. Um, and the insurance scam is that uh, it's life insurance on his on his mom. So he's basically trying to hire a hitman to kill his own mother. Uh, so kind of scumbag already. Uh, yeah. And he gets into this deal trying to do it. Uh, he and his dad are doing it. And of course, his dad is divorced from this mom, so he doesn't give a fuck. So they kind of like plan together to do this, but they need to hire a hitman. So they manage like, th you know, through the underground to hear about this guy, Killer Joe. Killer Joe is actually a cop who's a hitman played by Matthew McConaughey. Ah. Uh, now, here's where it gets even more fucked up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they really want this done, but they don't have 
all the money that they need. So they try to give him a fraction of the money, and he's like, no, I'm not. You give me the, all the money up front, or this is not happening. This isn't shoots and ladders. I'm not fucking around. This is this is what I do, you know? We want some money, Lebowski. He wants some fucking money. we we'll cut off your Johnson. So it, we care you, about nothing. So, <laughs> so what happens is uh, uh, Joe is like, the only way we can do this is if I have some kind of retainer. Like, you give me the money you have now, but I get a retainer that I keep until you give me the money. And the retainer turns out to be this guy and this other guy's daughter. Uh, it, it's the one guy's sister, the other guy's daughter. Uh, becomes Joe's property, and she's like a 12-year-old girl. And Joe has just like this sick, pedophilic, like, like romance with her. It's a fucked up movie, dude. And it just gets more fucked up from there. I don't want to give away the whole story. Also, it's directed by by, uh, William Friedkin, uh, probably best known for The Exorcist. For The Exorcist, exactly. Uh, He did a lot of other great films, too, uh, including Bug, which which is one French Connection. French Connection, uh, Bug was, oh my God, like, I didn't see that, like, it was years after it came out that I saw that, but holy shit, I don't know if you saw Bug with, uh, Is that the one Ashley. in the, mo- the motel room? And yeah, yeah. That was a play st- also originally. That was all, that. exactly, that was. You can be knowing shit, dude, I know who William Friedkin is, I know what plays are. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, you're on fire, you're on fire He's tonight, heating Joe. up, he's heating up. <laughs> But yeah, Bugs a good one, man. Like that—that's like a really disturbing movie about schizophrenia. Um, yeah, yeah, really good, really good. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I highly recommend Killer Joe. Um, uh, you should watch it. You should okay. watch it. Uh, and those are my underrated, my top underrated crime films. Uh, I could go on about other ones, but I want to stick to that so we can continue to move on. Okay, I want to tell my underrated one then. Mm-hmm. Um. I and it is uh, <clears throat> I did recently see this movie, but it impacted me so much. It is instantly up there with my like, is it, it is it cop and a half with Burt Reynolds? And the little damn kid? it, dude. You, you stole my thunder <laughs> twice in a row, man. Cop and a half. Fuck. No. I, I, anyway, so Burt Reynolds and this kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know uh, that movie, by the way? Do you know? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. OK, anyway. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I okay. This is this is a crime movie. It, it it does fall under a revenge movie as well. Um, but it's it's very crimey. Um, you probably have seen this movie, I'm sure. Uh, this is a movie directed by Abel Ferreira, um, who did you know uh, fucking what's it, Lieutenant, and uh, if you have Bronson uh yeah bad lieutenant i see that but uh, i also have written here this is the one i saw this weekend that really like i'm fucking this movie is so badass i'm gonna watch it a million times i'm trying to get the french poster of it uh miss 45 have you seen this movie oh yes i have yeah so fucking good man it's crazy the yeah. fucking uh how i mean the premise is this young woman uh thana is an awesome name um she can't speak she's mute and she works for uh, a fashion designer clothing thing, like just doing just like on the line. I don't know. Anyway, she gets she gets raped on the way home from work at the beginning of the movie and gets to her house and gets raped by somebody else who has broken into her apartment. And from there, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it um you know no, she, she has like a total breakdown yeah. breakdown and she I starts just 
like she goes from uh you know this kind of like they had it come in thing to just all men have it coming. Like yeah. she just, she, she flips, she gets really bad, but I mean, with good reason to do so. Totally. It's like a, it's like a crime version of I spit on your grave. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, that, uh, that actress rest in power, uh, Zoe Lund, AKA Zoe Tamaralis, AKA Zoe Tamaralis Zund or whatever. She went by a couple of minutes, 37 years old, died of uh heart uh heart attack co- oh cocaine induced heart attack which oh, damn. i mean a woman after my own heart i i gotta <laughs> say like that is a beautiful way to go i was wow. like and you know i really wish i would have seen her but she never really God, she's so good in that movie and she's 17 years old when yeah. she's making that movie and people watch this movie when i say 17 you're gonna be like no nah, that's crazy dude she is brilliant she's like just natural it's i didn't know she was that young yeah. so good and she has zero lines everything she does is with her face and you know because she can't talk mm-hmm. so 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 good um yeah, it's a good, one. I was it's a good one very very uh did a lot of really good twisted crime you mentioned bad lieutenant with harvey Keitel. i was gonna mention that one too that movie is one of like the early NC-17 movies. You know, it's, yeah, well, it's that, but also you, you see his dick while he's a cop shooting up heroin. Uh, and you and like, he's like pulling over young girls and making them make like lick their lips while he jerks off on their car and stuff. It's, it's a dark movie. It's a classic. Uh, yeah. That's the but, thing that he makes like all of his movies. They don't, there's nothing, you never walk away from them with like some kind of re- like a good resolution feeling. Oh, that's no. kind of why I think I like a yeah. lot of stuff. Well, his probably his most well known, his most popular is is also a crime film, uh, A King of New York with Christopher Walken. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. The, the mob movie. That's mm-hmm. a good one too. That's a good movie. It is. Um, <laughs> did you have other ones you wanted to bring up? Well, I was going to say like uh, you know ones that probably are more of a surface type of uh, easy crime thing that I saw just growing up that I remember like as a kid or not like even a kid like a twenty some year old like Suicide Kings. That was like a crime one where they, you know, the kids kidnap Not another Christopher Walken. Yeah. Christopher Walken, who's a mafia boss. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun movie. It's not going to fucking change your life or win an award, but it's. No, uh, that's a good movie. Know, yeah. They Enjoy. they kidnap him and they have to go through that whole thing. And then uh, Boiler Room also, which is kind of a it, it's it's a it's, that one. Man, it, it has like. Vin, a young Vin Diesel, uh, oh. fuck a bunch of people, but it's it's about like uh, it's kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, but it's like they they're you know basically ripping people off in the stock market. Mm. The penny stock. That's a Vin Diesel movie, really? Dude, yeah, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But it's, <laughs> it's, he's not like the lead. Okay. Uh, it's gonna say like, they ripping the people at the stock market, and then he drives a car into an explosion because <laughs> he's a Vin Dude, Diesel. <laughs> Um, let's see. Our cast is, um, it is Vin Diesel. I mean, I'm right, but, uh, somebody's yelling at their fucking thing right now. Okay. Giovanni Ribisi, Vin Diesel, uh, who else is in there? It doesn't matter. Ben Affleck. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to just like find the, the names that are bigger, but yeah, it's just like a stock thing. And it was like, it's a, it's a cool surface crime watch too it's just like they you know they're basically trying and they fuck up and lose everything like every one of those movies wall street mm. wall street too back in the hood <clears throat> Death uh, Wish yes um 
Okay, uh, so yeah, that was all I had. Okay, okay, that's all you got. Um, oh, oh no, Thief with James Caan. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah James Caan, man. Would yeah, yeah. A, would you say that's a crime movie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I definitely would. Yeah, well, it could kind of. Yeah, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these things will kind of be on like the, be on the threshold. You know, like of course, crime and action movies are going to kind of, you know merge definitely i was just saying earlier that there's a difference between like a movie that's non-stop explosions and shooting right, and a right. film that uh like you know like some crime crimes like killing them softly only has like one or two kills in it you know uh it's more about what the story and what happens and you know so it's, it's a totally different different thing um <clears throat> but uh yeah because then i mean you have like you know you have these other films like these cop movies and stuff that even if they're not like super uh, shoot 'em ups, like Stallone movies. You have, you know, like you'll have like like the Dirty Harry series with Clint Eastwood, which isn't, it, it's not really an action uh, movie in the sense that there's not a, a crazy amount of shooting, uh, but it's not that deep of a crime series either, uh, because basically those movies are just Clint Eastwood sucking his own dick. You know, it's it's really just like him being like, look how badass I am. I'm such a bad motherfucker. I'm Dirty Harry. Everything I do is cool, you know? I did uh, watch that recently. There is a lot of shooting in it. No, there, 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 there is. There yeah. is, but it's not like a constant car chase shooting explosion Stallone style like movie. You know? No, it's not. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, uh, but that's my point. It's like, I these disagree movies... with you on this. Okay. Good. I Chris agree. Yeah. I'm saying like the, the like Dirty Harry's an example of a movie that's like on the threshold. It's like, you know, balance teetering between action and crime, you know. And I, I will say I do like the Dirty Harry movies, but after a while it becomes this thing where it's just like, okay, this is now now Eastwood is directing the movie of himself where he's the ultimate badass and like no one can fuck with him. It's just kind of like you're just watching him suck his own dick. Um, but, but uh, so, but then you think like Thief walks that line too. Like the, James Conn is a, a and, safe cracker in that movie, mm-hmm. just for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these, like a lot of the Charles Bronson films. Um, and I love Charles Bronson. I, I love Charles Bronson. I'm a big I know fan. Um, uh, but he has a lot of these movies, and then, like we mentioned, the Death Wish three, and that movie is definitely action. It's a t- totally over the top action. So and so funny. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah. But the original Death Wish is a very serious film. Oh, it's dark. Very good. Very dark. Good. Good crime movie. Um, but he did a lot of uh, crime films. He was also known for his westerns, of course. Once Upon a Time in the West, uh, the great Sergio Leone film. That's uh, probably my personal favorite of uh, Bronson's. Uh, mm. But. Uh, uh, he was also in movies, you know, like like Mr. Majestic is a great one. Uh, the Mechanic is another great one. These are great the Charles mechanic, Bronson. That's right. That's a good one. Yeah. Great Charles Bronson crime films. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's got a lot of them, and yes, and a lot of them will border on action films. You know. Uh, but speaking of uh, Mr. Majestic, which is about a farmer who is uh, who fights off organized crime. Uh, I wanted to get a little bit into the whole, uh, you know, difference like we were talking about a little bit. Like we've talked a lot about um, street crime type of stuff with, you know, guys on subways and guys in Boston and killing them softly and stuff. But then there's the whole like uh, like country crime, which is a whole other, uh, you know, genre in a sense. It's like you take these same elements, these drug dealers and these and these pimps and killers, but you put them in like the backwoods, you know, because there's crime there too. But like a lot of people think crime fiction, they think it's gotta be like New York city or, or, or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of really good ones with, with this too, uh, movies and books. Um, 
one of my personal favorites, also a very underrated movie. I know you're not a big Nick Cage fan, but I will say you really should watch this movie. Uh, it's called Joe, and it's a backwoods crime film uh, about an ex-con who's just trying to get along in life. But he, be he befriends this young kid, and the young kid's dad is just horrible, uh, and like Joe has to kind of step in at, at eventually. Um, that's written by that's based on the book by Larry Brown. Larry Brown's a really fantastic writer. Wrote one of my probably my favorite short story collection ever is called Facing the Music, and that's by Larry Brown. Highly recommend uh, if people want really good uh, short stories, check it out. Uh, but anyway, it's it's a movie called Joe Nicholas Cage. That's a good example. Um, okay. There's also um, there's a movie called Hell or High Water that uh, that came out a few years ago with Jeff Bridges. Uh, that movie I really like, but at the same time it's so trope filled you know like it you know it has like the whole like Cain and abel trope it's like here's the good brother here's the bad brother so you know what's going to happen with these two guys getting into it but basically these guys are robbing banks to try to save the family farm so you know it deals with the whole housing crisis the whole great recession and everything and mm -hmm. uh, jeff bridges plays you know this cop who's out to to get these guys and it's a really good movie even though it, it like the story is very trope filled uh, you you see everything coming, but the way it's done is very good. It's very stylish. It's got a great score by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, uh, and oh, it's uh, awesome. and I and I believe it takes place in Texas too. Uh, it's definitely in the South. I think it's Texas. Oh uh, yeah, because all the cops are wearing cowboy hats, you know, and it's modern day, so it's probably Texas. <laughs> well, hold on now. I hold on now. I did look at several cowboy hats when I stopped in uh, truck stops on this drive. Just to be like, yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'll get a cowboy hat one day. They're they're even expensive, uh, even uh, even there. Yeah. Um, damn. And then I forgot what else I was going to comment about, but you were actually talking about. Um, uh, go on. I was talking about like more backwoods uh, crime stories. Did you have one? Was that what, was that it? Do you have like a book or a movie you want to mention within that genre? It, I maybe, but just keep talking. I'll, I'll try to remember it because I'm writing stuff down as I'm. I'll thinking. keep talking. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, we talked a lot about films. Before we, you know, go on and on, I would like to jump a little bit into uh, books. Yeah, I, th I thought we. Yeah, let's get into books. Okay, so we segued a little bit with Joe, uh, the Larry mm -hmm. Brown book, Nicholas right. Cage film. Yes. Uh, also, also one of those movies that's like really spot on in, as far as being faithful to the uh, a faithful adaptation oh, to the good. book. It's cool. really good, dude. And I believe uh, I believe Joe is also on Amazon Prime right now. So watch. Well, Joe. this isn't branded content, people. So uh, Amazon Prime, you better start coming with the check. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving you, and I'm giving the listeners two uh, two films they can check out. They can check out Narc and they can check out Joe for free if they have the Prime right now. Um, Very good. So, so crime fiction, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some of our favorite crime fiction authors okay uh, what do you got for me baby well here's the deal not many because i don't read a lot of crime books um i uh you know i read um <clears throat> the taking of pelham one two three like i said yeah. recently that was one of my get getting into crime books and um you know we i think we talked about this briefly before maybe off mic you know i read in cold blood that's like a true, Capote, yeah. like true story. Right. Um, um, but I was trying, I mean, I was going over my stuff and I don't think I have a lot of just straight up crime books that I read. Well, you do have uh, all those Paw Patrol books. 
That's true. Oh, no, I, I will say, oh, this is OK. Before I forget, David Wheatley, I've been reading some of his books hmm. and he he wrote like uh, the devil rides out and the Satanist and the way like he has this whole series. And basically it is like um, Sherlock Holmes type of story, but with always with the occult thrown in hmm. in some way, like some big satanic thing they're trying to bring right. down. But also for the for the crown you know like they're spying and shit it's, oh, it's gotcha, gotcha. so so that like that's uh cool. that's like the closest and I've, I've read uh a couple of his books now recently and uh they're they're cool they're they're just old crime white white people books from england <clears throat> yeah uh, i get you um and i've me i've mentioned before one of uh one of my favorite writers not just favorite crime writers one of my favorite writers is ted lewis uh who really kind of invented the whole new uh the whole new, a whole new age of british crime um before him it was a lot of like what you were just saying with the sherlock holmes and the detectives doing it for the crown and and all that uh whereas lewis's stuff was like no all the characters are criminals they're all scumbags and murderers um and he most uh, his most famous is uh jack's return home which became get carter which became the great michael Caine film uh and that's a that's like the one probably the greatest anti-hero book i've ever read where the main it's written from the main character jack carter his point of view um, and uh and like he's an awful person not in like a patrick bateman way but he's just he's a bad dude he's a bad mm -hmm. guy but he's your protagonist and it's great because you root for him but at the same time you're like this guy's a piece of shit he's he's a criminal and like and uh, you know like i don't want to give the like the whole story away but he's basically he's going home just to get revenge uh for his brother's murder even though like he and his brother were estranged for a very long time because Carter was such a, a bastard, such a piece of crap that his brother wanted nothing to do with him. Uh, great, great book. And also a great movie, uh, Get Carter, with Michael Caine. They made a remake with Stallone, not as good. No, Yeah, I was going to say. that. Uh, also, before I forget, uh, Miss 45, available to watch for free on Tubi. That's nice. how we found it, because it's nice. very hard to find. But it is, yeah. It's free it's, on Tubi. Yeah, yeah. I it's got commercials, it, but... but... I saw it somewhere. Um, <clears throat> it's good though. It's worth it. They don't no, cut anything okay. out. It just has like fucking, you got to watch a, you know, granola daddy eat something commercial every now and then. Right. And this, in these uncertain times, make sure to, uh, buy bounty paper towels. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, I so yeah, Ted Lewis, he was a very prolific, uh, crime writer. I'm not going to go into him too much because I've talked about him on the show before, but yeah, uh, if you want to read uh, the height, the pinnacle of British crime and just crime fiction in general, I highly recommend Ted Lewis, particularly his books Get Carter, uh, uh -huh. Plender. Uh, Plender is a good one. Um, he he uh, Grievous Bodily Harm is also a really good one. Uh, he also did a book called Billy Rags, which is uh, loosely based on a true story about a prison break. Um, mm. He did a lot of really good ones. Um, uh, but there are other other great um, crime writers. And uh, there's just I could go on and on. There's not a lot, not enough time to get to all of it. So I'll just rattle off a couple of my personal favorites. I love Jim Thompson, uh, and of course Elmore Leonard uh, became a crime author after being a great Western uh, writer. And I personally like his westerns better. A lot of his mm -hmm. crime stuff has more of it has like some comedy element to it, uh, which really works for him. But it's just not my personal favorite uh, type of crime fiction. Uh, George V. Higgins, who I mentioned earlier, his, his great book, um, um, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, and then you've got guys like uh, Edward Bunker, who I mentioned earlier when we were talking about uh, the Matt Kurtz book. Edward Bunker was actually a, a real-life criminal uh, who became a novelist uh, with his great book, uh, No Beast So Fierce. 
Uh, and he was also um, in uh, your boyfriend Quentin Tarantino's um, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, nice. He is. He's, uh, I forget which color he is, but he's one of the Mr. Color guys who has like barely any lines. He's he, like, he, you only see him in the beginning. He's oh, he gets guys. killed at the top, like after, like, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. He's, he's the guy Spoiler. with. Spoiler. He's the guy with the gray hair. It's not really a spoiler because it's like five minutes into the movie, but yeah, I know. The he's the guy with the gray hair and the gray yeah. beard. Yeah, that's Eddie Bunker. Uh, uh, yeah, Tarantino's it's gonna a, be okay. Say the fucking words. It's gonna be okay. That's my. That was my Reservoir Dogs. Okay, I, I, I don't remember that. Um, but anyway, like, there's a lot of these great writers. Um, but then you have like we were talking about earlier. Like those are more like the. Uh, street crime like jim thompson is like the master you know uh when you get some of his books like the killer inside me or pop uh 1280 you know like the, the uh, after dark my sweet uh a swell looking dame uh you know like th these are just like the classics like he's really the no holds barred crime writer jim thompson um mm. so i highly recommend him uh if you want the old school stuff but if you want to get like that's more like the tough street crime if you want to get into like some good detective crime, of course, you've got Dashiell Hammett. Uh, uh, and I still say that the Maltese Falcon is one of the greatest crime novels ever written. Definitely the best like private eye novel ever written. Uh, became the famous film, of course, with hum Humphrey Bogart. Uh, but the novel is much better. I love the novel very much. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the more rural crime. I mentioned Larry Brown and Joe. Uh, but then you also got uh, writers like Daniel Woodrell, who did Winter's Bone, which is a fantastic uh, a book about the Ozarks with this this like, you know, family that lives deep in the country. And like this girl's trying to find out what happened to her father. Uh, and uh, that's a really good one. Uh, and you got uh, Tony O'Dell, a, a female writer who uh, gave us the book Backroads, which is also not necessarily crime crime, but there are like uh, there is a murder in it. And so it's more of like a. a a tragic drama, but it does have a crime element. And also, I want to give a, a shout out to the, to this author as well, uh, Jediah uh, Ares, uh, who wrote Peckerwood, um, and he's more of like a cult author, like we are. But Peckerwood is a is a solid uh, crime film that's also kind of a backwoods. I've uh, heard of that book. before. Yeah. I wonder if I've seen that. Definitely worth getting. Definitely. I'm high. But, but there's great crime writers like John C. McDonald, who gave us Cape Fear, and um, uh, the end of the night uh lawrence block gave us some more pulpy stuff like uh, the hitman series and and stuff and uh, ed, ed mcbain mcbain uh you know, upon uh, closer inspection yeah, yeah. these are so, all of us so there's a, there's a lot of them but i want i like i'm bringing up these guys uh and and gals particularly because they are the greats um if i had to pick a favorite crime novel i yeah. would have to go with um jack's return home also known as Get Carter by Ted Lewis. So if like if I could recommend any crime novel to, to people, it'd be that one. It's my absolute favorite. So are any like can can you recommend or do you think there's any modern authors who are, you know, shining in this way or on you know, on their way to being a great crime author, the next one, or or somebody that's Yeah, no, no. Like some of these yeah. people I mentioned some are, of them are modern years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Daniel Woodrell is were, a, yeah. Daniel Woodrell is, is is current. I mean, Winter's Bone is only from I don't know, maybe eight years ago. Um, same thing with Tony O'Dell's Black Roads. Same thing with uh, Jediah Aries as Peckerwood. Uh, these are all current or, or even fairly new authors. So yeah, no, it's not just like you know, 
it's not just like the Mickey Spillane stuff from back in the day, uh, but some of the stuff you'll you, you like that I mentioned. Like if you picked up Dashiell Hammett, it definitely has an old school feel to it. It's very much like the old Private Eye '40s, you know, kind of style, uh, but still excellent. But Jim Thompson, who even though these books are old, even yeah. though they're like 50, 60 years old, they read as if it was like as if it was today. You know, you it's could, just yeah. like I like stuff just like these. That. Yeah, it's just these down and out guys are just out of prison and these crazy grifter chicks and like these dirty cops, you know, it's like Thompson is iconic because his stuff will always be relevant. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like his crime stories just work at any, any time. So that reminded me, have you, have you ever seen the original Scarface? Yeah. The yeah, I have it. Mm-hmm. yeah. We, we put that on, uh, in Vegas here this over the weekend, Nick put it on just one, one of the times we were getting ready and I came out and I was like, this is so like everything they say is such a, just like the jokes that people make where they're like, yeah, I'm going to sit down. See, each other yeah. like yeah. in that cadence back and forth mm-hmm. for everything they said, it was yeah. like everything. So yeah, those, that, that, those, yeah, like that, there's a certain era with those movies where it's, that's exactly like that. Uh, for those who haven't seen Scarface, the original is, is, enormously different from the Scarface Al Pacino that we know. It's, it's like yeah. it like other than the name, it, it's basically nothing in common at all. So, uh, but they certainly Scarface, don't talk like that. Huh? I said, they certainly don't talk like that. No, no. no. Instead, uh, Pacino does this really weird Cuban accent that like no one has ever sounded like yeah, that. Anyone to my Cuban. little friend. <laughs> yeah. No one has ever sound cockroach. Like no one has ever sounded like that ever like i'm cuban and cubans do not sound that way uh but i love that movie that movie's really really good i know you're gonna pull the cuban card dude boom i pulled it do you make any cuban sandwiches i could i could but you know i'm a man i don't make plantains and stuff i like sandwiches i like cuban sandwiches i like sandwiches that's good Uh, but no uh uh no, like like my lineage. I'm not from Cuba, of course, but uh, no, like Triana is a Spanish name. I got it. I got it. So, um, did you have uh, any any other books other than uh, the ones you mentioned? No, no. Because any of the other ones I've read, I have not liked, and I don't want to call out oh. the ones I didn't like. Oh, he's he's. For those names, subscribe to our new Patreon. Who we yeah. hate behind the paywall. No, I'm just sure. <laughs> who it's we not, hate. not be available, but I will. But DM me and I'll message it to you with uh, Nick's voodoo password as well. Who I hate plus the password. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just haven't read a lot of crime stuff. Like I said, I'm just kind of getting into it. Getting your feet um, wet. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm just very enamored with the heist idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's been going on in my mind a lot, and very much. Uh, we well, said revenge as well. Revenge, yeah, and wanting yeah. wanting like the the you should the really people to you get should away really, with what they're doing. You know, you should really check out um, um, get Carter, uh, the Ted Lewis. You should really check that out. This not Stallone. No, read the book. Read the book, which is even better. Um, uh, yeah, my favorite crime novel uh, of all time. Uh, that is an excellent, excellent revenge story. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like uh, these. I really like the crime novels where they're they're less action and more 
um, story, more depth of character. And you definitely get that with Ted Lewis and Jim Thompson. Uh, and those two are probably my, my favorite ones, those two guys. So if you want to read some, some really good crime fiction, check those out. Them out. Good. Uh, uh, yeah. So we've been running on for a while with this, so I kind of just tried to run through the author's thing and just give a couple of quick recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are many different subgenres of this. You've got like the crime novels that are more focused on the cops, and then you've got the crime novels that are more focused on the criminals. I prefer the latter. That's why I like Jim Thompson and Ted Lewis so much. Do you think you could be a cop? God no. I I could be a dirty cop. Uh, that's that's what I was about to say. Like I like yeah, I watch I things totally like be. the Seven Five, like those documentaries about the cops that were crooked, and I'm like I, I could not I could not be like that. I would take so much shit from especially kids that I pulled over. Oh my god, dude! It would be it would be crazy. I would have so many scams running with people. It would be amazing. I could yeah. not be a cop. I not a real one. I, I have to be either. a dirty. I have to be dirty as shit well, on I the take from the get. <laughs> I uh elect me for sheriff, people. Yes, yes, I would. I would. I would. I would be a dirty cop, uh, but more of a. I think more of a dirty Harry, dirty cop, where I'd be like, "Oh, okay. Uh, I've caught you. I've caught you. I've actually seen you. Uh, you know, raping a child or something. So I'm just gonna murder you and say you pulled a gun on me. That'd be the kind of dirty cop I would be. But okay, I well, you also... took it to a weird dark place. I'm talking about drugs and money. No, I know, but and no, there's a diff- but there's different types of dirty cops. There's the dirty cops who are on the take, as you would saying you would be. I would be more the dirty cop that would just be a vigilante. It would just be like cop, judge, jury, executioner, one person. I'd be I would just be killing people that deserve to die. There's too many people on this planet anyway. You get these criminals. I'm not talking about somebody who was selling pot. I don't care about that. But someone who's like uh, you know abusing children or someone who's uh, abusing their wife, I would just fucking kill the guy. Yeah, well without a doubt. Uh but that makes me think like also another one Walk Tall. Have you seen that? I just recently watched that. Did we it's talk walk, about that already? Walking Tall. Walking Tall. Walking tall. With Joe Don Baker. Yes, yeah, Joe Don Baker. Did we already talk about that? We talked about it on a previous show, but yeah, that's a good crime story. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a good one. God damn, he hits people with a stick and shit. Yeah, yeah. based on true story. Yeah, also very good. Yeah, also very good. Yeah. Um, but no, I would I would also be dirty in the sense that, like, you know, if I found a bunch of fucking money at a drug deal like that I busted, I would take all the fucking money. I mean, I at least take a couple, like, you know, you got to take the picture with everybody with the money and the drugs. Like, look how badass we are, but have, like, you, you don't have to. Take a picture with no, all of it. No, no, I, I would take not it. all of it. I'd fucking take it. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I, w- I could never be one of these. Like, I, like I would want to be a movie cop. I wouldn't be like the detective or the or the the undercover guy. I wouldn't want to be these fucking real cops. You know, I like flat foot. I'm not wearing a uniform. Yeah, wearing the uniform and driving the fucking thing and pulling people over and giving them speeding tickets. No, not unless I could be bad lieutenant and like you know jerk off in people's cars and stuff like. Then, then that'd be a little different. Maybe I'd be interested in that, but no, I've got better things to do with my life than just be a fucking pig who pulls people over because they ran a red light and harasses black people for no reason. Fuck the pigs, man. Fuck the police. That's what I'm saying. I'll be the dirtiest cop, and I will also Filthy. transition into a slumlord, and I'll run the whole block, <laughs> and you'll be there, and everyone will be now. Um, Dude, yeah, Ted I, Lewis. I just, Ted I Lewis also, sorry, do you know what you might like then is, is Ted Lewis also has a book called Bolt, uh, and it's about a dirty cop is the main character. That's like the only cop story he ever wrote where the main character was a cop is he was dirty as fuck. 
Yeah, nice. it's, it's it's a good one too. And like basically, like in the story, his brother is, is a politician, and uh, there's like a plot to assassinate his brother, who he hates. Like Bolt hates his fucking brother, but he gets involved in basically trying to stop his brother's assassination, but isn't really sure throughout the book if he even wants to fucking do it. And he gets yeah. involved in all these bribes and all of these oh, prostitutes and, and crime stuff. It's really a bribes and prostitutes. Book. Those are my favorite things. It's a badass book. Like when you read that book, you're just like, why hasn't this been made into a movie? It would be such a good fucking movie. You know, it's, it's the guy well, it was, was awesome. It was, but it was made into like a cartoon dog movie. I think both. I, I didn't see that one. Um, maybe exactly. that's part of your paw patrol series. Um, but uh, oh, that's right. I because I have also on my Paw Patrol series, did you know that the, they tried to launch that three times, and there's three different pilots with the you know, not all the Paw Patrol, three different dogs. Played. Yeah, with dogs. there's a one where there's a parrot, it's fucked up. <laughs> it's Parrot Patrol, yeah, 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 Squaw Patrol. Oh, that's 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 a good show. Um, I forgot what I was saying, I forgot where I was with it. Uh, you, were talking about, you were talking about Paw Patrol, <laughs> I think. No, I was talking about Bolt with Ted Lewis, but I think yeah, I said Bolt. everything I wanted to say is that it's a great book that you should... I wrote it down. I'm going to check it out. All right, good. Uh, yeah, the, Ted Lewis like wrote like nine crime novels or something like that uh, and then died really young. Um, he was only like 40 or 41. He drank himself to death. Um, and you like, you really see that in his later books. It's like, and then the character had another drink. Like he, like, you can really oh, kind of wow. see it like, like it, it coming out subconsciously, you know, like, like the characters just drink more and more and more with every book, you know? That's um, interesting. Well, I mean, that's cool like and all, but I mean, that's no, uh, it's not cool that he that's drank no Zoe, that's, that's no Zoe Lund who died at 37 from a cocaine induced heart attack. Miss 45. That's badass. This oh, I drank myself to death. Whatever. I don't. I wasn't saying it's badass. I, I, I was, those I things was. are badass. I think they're it's sad and terrible. Well, uh, but we're just gonna have to disagree. Disagree. That. Um, that means you disagree with you agree with me. No, it doesn't. Sorry. Go ahead. I, no, it definitely does. So uh, should we move on? Uh, because like we've already, or, or are we already at three hours? We're uh we're two out. Where are you moving on to? Where do where should we move on to? Well, we were going to talk about the other type of uh crime films that are really funny. That's Remember? right. Do you want to yeah. get into that? Let's do it. All right, that brings us to our next topic, which is one, two, three, four. Comic capers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We were talking about this off mic. Um, yeah. Comic capers. Sum that up for us. Comic what, what capers. What that exactly means. Yeah. So we're going to be getting back into film now. Uh, we didn't talk as much about crime fiction as I, uh, I would have liked, but that's okay. Um, we're going to get into back into the films. <laughs> as if I. No, you didn't. I'm not saying it's your fault. I didn't say it was your fault. I'm sorry. I'm just I, saying you you brought nothing to that table. So that's right. You know, I, and I need to stop these emotional reactions. And I apologize. You do like like and it, you know no fault of yours. You're still getting your feet wet. But you, oh, it is my fault. Well, everything it's is. But fault. you didn't have a whole lot to say about crime fiction. I was basically just naming books, and you hadn't read them. And then like you had one crime novel that you read, yeah. uh, and and you mentioned it, and now we're done. So that's we're moving right. on and okay. going back to film. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's. Hey, have another drink. I will. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, we, we gotta we gotta stay sharp here. 
You're yes, right. No, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, I guess I just have not read a lot of crime stuff. You haven't. You haven't. And that's okay. Because you're going to rectify I that. I am. I'm going to rectify, rectify that. So but comic anyway, capers. Sorry. Comic yeah. capers. Uh, yes. These, comic caper is basically, it's a comedy film that has to do with a crime story. Mm-hmm. These were very pom- uh, prominent in the 80s. Uh, and they like they kind of started late seventies, died off in the nineties. You don't see them that much anymore. Every once in a while, they'll have one. Pardon me, uh, but they were really, really dominated the box office in the eighties. I'm ca- talking about movies like Fletch and Beverly Hills Cop and See No Evil, Hear No Evil, even the Great Muppet Caper. Uh, so good, so good. Yeah, um, Charles Grodin, my man. Uh, but no, these they're like these these are great, great. Um, they're you know they're these funny stories. Where someone, usually it's a layman, usually it's not a criminal or a cop as the main character. Usually it's some random person who gets thrown into this criminal uh, uh, plot and yeah. has to like figure their way out of it or, or, or whatever. That's, uh, I, and I mentioned two of my favorites already, Fletch, uh, who, right. who's actually a private eye, so he's not, or no, I'm not, sorry, not private eye, he's a, um, a journalist. Uh, who gets caught up in it but in see no evil hear no evil they're just like everyday guys they work at a a like magazine stand uh, and yeah. it's it's uh it's a gene wilder and richard Pryor. richard Pryor, yes uh and they are like one is one of them's deaf and one of them's blind and they kind of have to like work together because they get wrapped up in this criminal plot um hilarious movie it's my favorite that those two did together a lot of people love uh yeah, the other one's better, but I, I see no evil here. No evil is my favorite um, that those two comic geniuses did together. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what fuck? What what else uh, did we say? Did you say right before that? These comic heist movies. Uh, oh, like Fletch and shit. Like, yeah, they don't make anything that is much like my wanted uh, unhappy ending get like where the criminal could obviously get away, but we don't let them, they will not make cr- crime funny in this modern time anymore. It they don't, stick. they don't make these funny. They don't make these movies anymore. Uh, like I said, occasionally one will pop up, but comic capers are kind of a thing of the past, which is a shame because they were really funny. Like some of my favorite comedies of the eighties are these comic capers you know what, what do you think is that like a, a trend in society that causes that is it like a pc thing like what turns I that think it's pc no i, I what think, do you think, turns I think that? it's like we can't sell this anymore or that's what i think is i think they just couldn't sell it anymore for some reason it just got kind of played out um after like eddie murphy chevy chase and all these people did it so well i think it just kind of died off somehow uh i guess that they were continuing to make them but they just weren't profitable anymore um because comedy became far less pc after that uh you know where you had all these like you had very un pc films and films that were really raunchy and i think that kind of took over as like the raunchy humor uh you know the dick and fart joke movies um and you know and and shows like family guy and stuff which is just really raunchy and really dirty uh and mean-spirited i must say um oh shit well it is it's it's mean-spirited comedy uh where like the comic capers were were lighter than that uh and so maybe people just uh, demand a different type of comedy from their films now where they want to be kind of shocked 
Uh, like they want to be like, oh my god, did they really just do that? Did they really just say that? Whereas comic capers didn't rely on that. They relied more on a um, more traditional sense An of comedy story. Like yeah, yeah. Well, they had, well, they had a story, but they didn't have to go blue uh, to be funny. You know, uh, yeah. but these movies, like, but like, not that they didn't have profanity and stuff. Like, see, no evil, hear no evil. I think that they have the word fuck in that more than any other movie. It's like out of control how much they say fuck in that. Uh, but it's not extremely, uh, it's not extremely negative or extremely un PC, you know? Um, whereas like we have that, that kind of culture, or at least we did. Uh, now everyone's super sensitive, so you can't make those jokes, but, uh, Going into like the early 2000s and stuff with stuff like Family Guy, like I mentioned, like the whole un-PC comedy really took over. Do you think, uh, damn, I forgot. Oh, oh okay. Do you think, uh, are, are the Pink Panther films like considered caper? Totally. No, totally. Comic yeah. caper? Okay. Absolutely. he's yeah. a detective. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're funny movies. He's a detective investigating crimes. Yeah. No, those, those are totally so. I watched those yeah. as a kid, and I didn't know anything yeah. from anything, and I was just—I just thought they were funny movies. They're, no, they're totally comic capers, absolutely. And then you have ones that kind of uh, are more, you know, on that threshold of crime action, but are still comedies. Um, you know, like oh, Remo Williams, or um, which is which is a fun movie. Um, uh, or or you know, or then you got some of those terrible ones that were done, like uh, like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, or kindergarten cop, like movies like that that are like more action comic capers, you know. Last action hero, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a comedy too. Sure. They have yeah. to go into the past, future, or to movie land to get the ticket. Yeah. Buddy. Big, right. huge bomb of a movie. That movie bombed terribly when it came out. Lost yeah, a lot. Yeah, you're right, man. It was the bomb when it came out. Everyone was seeing it and talking about it. They're oh, like, shit, no. it's the bomb. No, and then right after that, they were like, oh, oh shit, we they loved they loved Sinbad and Kazam so much <laughs> that they went and saw him in Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And <laughs> also and that, a huge box office bomb. Oh yeah, it was the bomb, dude. It was the Christmas <laughs> bomb, dude. We're like, what are we gonna do? Oh, See that, the best, oh, God. Best not uh, not Schwarzenegger's finest moments, but uh, Ow! take it easy. Ow! You having a stroke or something? Nick's mask that uh, Nick P's mask that he wore, like uh, like facial uh, COVID mask, mm -hmm. is is Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth in Total Recall. Yeah, the scrappy mouth, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you look at him like like quickly, it just looks like it's his. It's fucking eerie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he stood over me like at, at night wearing it and looking at just me. Covered over I, you. Him, I believe is practicing COVID safety. Oh god! Uh, but we still yeah. kissed. Anyway. Absolutely, but you know, a lot of these, a lot of these um, uh, popular characters uh, ended up doing a comic caper because the 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 uh, genre was a big thing. Like like I mentioned, like the Muppets, like. The Muppets weren't known for doing comic capers. They did, you know, just all sorts of things. But they, they even they had a a comic caper story in the Great Muppet Caper, um, and uh, you know, Ernest, Ernest had, um, Ernest had one. Yeah. Uh, he had Ernest Rides Again. That's a comic caper. Mm -hmm. uh, one of his lesser known ones. That was the last one that came out in theaters, actually. Uh, rest in power. Uh, rest in power, Jim Varney. Uh, for real, he's actually dead. You don't have to um, keep saying that, dude. Well, because you say rest in power anytime and mention anybody, and half the time they're not dead. All of those people are dead. No, they're not. 
the people that we mentioned on this show so far, I think they were all dead. But you've said many people were dead. Were dead. This is true. He is dead. No thanks to you. Jim Varney? Dead. No thanks to you. Okay. <laughs> well, it's true. It's not your fault they're dead. Okay, no, it's not. But it, you know what? If I, if I could have got my hands on them. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, would oh. put him in a cage match. That would have been a great cage match. Bowie versus Varney. I would watch that shit. Varney would yeah. kill him. My money's on Varney. Yeah, I mean, it would be an okay. Let's it would be an exhibition just for them to show their fighting skills. So, so we were just talking about Walking Tall, uh, the original one because The Rock remade it. Uh, but Crispin Glover's father plays the deputy in that movie. No shit. Uh, That um, yeah, and it has an excellent scene where because the sheriff of that town is like trying to go after Joe Don Baker's character, hates him and all that shit. Because yep. he's running for sheriff and all that stuff. And there's a awesome scene that we watched. Nick and I watched over and over and over again where they're chasing Joe, Joe Don Baker. Like, and he gets out of his car. Like, they're coming at him at the bridge. And they veer off and they go into the water. But it's, but before the car, the car just, like, launches for half a second, explodes in midair, and then hits the yeah. water. Like, nothing caused it to explode. It's just, uh, yeah. Anything. And of course, cars like in the se- dude, in the seventies, cars just exploded. Like it was awesome, if, dude. If movies have taught me nothing else, it's that they had to do a lot of work on cars because in the seventies and eighties, they just they blew up, blew them up, dude. They just fucking blew up, like on, like it happened all the time. And like the it's joke- like it's, same thing in Death Wish Three, where they like they 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 like the guy punches the, the Charles Bronson's girlfriend or whatever, and she passes out, and he puts the car into neutral, and it rolls down the hill. Hits another car, both cars explode. Just blow up for no fucking reason. It's great. I love it, dude. Yeah, we wa- uh, we were watching another movie called Truck Turner, which is a black exploitation movie with Isaac I, Hayes. I, I, Isaac Hayes, I was, yeah. and uh, so 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 good. But there's a scene like also where the car, like uh, one of the cars, goes off the road and just explodes for no reason in midair and then hits the ground. It's so good, dude. That's yeah. I love that. I wish things could just explode more often. Absolutely. Me too. What if your car, like, it was like, hey, this car is really great, but if all four wheels leave the ground at once, it explodes. <laughs> blow up. Like, no exception. You have to go super <laughs> slow over the train tracks. You yes. cannot. And if, and you, if you can't collide, do to hazard that shit. And if you collide with another car, even just the you're little, done. you're done. Explosion. Yeah. Two cars can't hit each other if, if they, they're 70s cars. Like, if they, bender, they, bam. So those are, those are capers that are comic without meaning to be. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I love comic capers, man. I really do. Um, and you, and like, uh, you see that with, uh, uh, with a lot of other movies like, you know, stir crazy with, with uh, also with prior and uh, wilder where they go to prison and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's like movies that are along those lines, uh, as well. Um, you know, do you think like Uncle when the, when Buck they... is a comic caper, oh, which one uncle Buck? No. Don't they have to, uh, find the treasure in that or something no they don't stay overnight in a museum in that movie no okay i think it's uncle buck is is about an uncle who's really wacky and funny and makes giant pancakes right right and they rob the pancake factory that's what it is that's no no you're 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 thinking of um a movie that doesn't exist (laughs) this is your shazam yeah, my Kazam. <laughs> you, you, this is your Kazam. Shazam. It's 
You know, it's Uncle Fuck. Which one was it? It's, it's my... Uncle Fuck with Jim Belushi. <laughs> Do you remember when it was a that television show that they made of it? No. They had a series of Uncle Buck. Hmm. It was just I don't know why they try to do that. Who was Uncle Buck? I want to say it was James Belushi. Oh God. The one that was that's who's alive, right? No, who's he, no he. <laughs> Yeah, he's the live one, right? He's, yeah, he's he's the nepotistic one. He's the one who's not actually funny the way John Belushi was. He, his brother, who uh, jumped in, and uh, and no one. Hey, look at me! Him. I'm John Belushi's brother. Huh? See, see, yeah, look at give me. Give me money. Give me money. Give me money. Give me money. Oh, they've relaunched this in 2016 as well, Uncle Buck. But, yeah, as a series. Uh, but the one I'm talking about is from 1990, and. Uh, Fox. Well, that's the movie. No, 2016. Well, 1990 is the movie with with John Candy. This article is about the 1990 TV series, not the movie. Okay. What? Uh, it's a series on CBS. It aired from September 10th, 1990, to March 19, uh, 1991. The cast: Kevin Meany as Uncle Buck. Who's no one? Who? David. Chaudan. Don't read the whole cast. No one cares Jacob about this. Gellum. No one cares, dude. Like, no one cares at all, at all. Okay. okay. And it's not even a comic caper. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. I to just do want, with I will have you know that there were six, uh, six additional episodes that they filmed that were not aired. They were canceled. That's because... how little people care about. It. <laughs> hey, man, you're the one that brought it up. You said no. Oh, I'm not. You brought it up. You so you asked if Uncle Buck counted as a comic caper, and it totally does not. Although, because yeah, he kidnapped although those John kids, it's hilarious. Did, although John Candy did do comic capers, like uh, who's Harry? Uh, who's Harry Crumb? Yeah, yeah. No, he did some. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even uh, what's that one where he goes into his own soap opera? That's kind of a caper. Delirious. Delirious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not really caper. As far as I remember, but I don't know. It's been a long time. So. You know, he goes into a, his own world that he wrote, and somebody's killing somebody, and he's trying to. So there's a crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, yeah, John Candy's name, a treasure. If, if, if you name any like big comedy star from the '80s, like I guarantee you, they did a comic caper. Yeah, you know, like, serious. But he did one movie. <laughs> I said a star. That guy did one movie, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, upon closer yeah. inspection, these are lovers. <laughs> yes. But no, like, like Bill Murray had Quick Change, and he had, um, um, uh, what was the other one? What about, about Bob? That was not a crime of caper, dude. No. Um, that was a funny movie, but it's not gotcha. a comic caper. It's just stop, dude. Like, okay. You can't, like this is why I get so mad, and I'm trying not to be. This is why. Uh, this this because, is why. Because you, you, you uh, I, I'm trying not to get angry on this show, and you're making it very hard for me. I'm trying to to not be as negative, and you're making why? it very hard. Because <laughs> Caddyshack is not a goddamn comic caper. Said. What the fuck are you talking about? Caddyshack is not a comic caper. It's about golf. I what know, about Bob's not a comic caper? Pretty caperous. Capersome. Aren't they trying to steal the company payroll in that one in no, stripes? No, no. Okay, uh, that's I, I read. I, I read God, the wrong you movie. Are, you are the dentist. You are the the dentist to my. I Mr. read the Wilson. wrong. I read the wrong thing. My bad. Mm. Um. 
Why, John Wayne? I'm yeah. Yes. Why do you make it so hard to love you? Because it's like that's the thing where people then they can't not love you because mm. you've made it like this uh, difficult. Uh, I'm a wild horse, like wild horses, you know, can't never uh, you mm. can't drag me away, baby. Mm. I don't do it on purpose, but I do make it a point when people challenge me. Well, I'll tell you this. My dick needs no introduction. God damn it. Your dick. Don't even function. <laughs> Have you ever heard that song, Let Me Smell Your Dick? No. Oh, oh dude, you gotta see, you gotta listen to that song. It's all about a girl, like the girls, the woman singing it is talking about, like, you know, she doesn't trust her man when he's coming home, like, Let Me Smell Your Dick. <laughs> because she, uh, it's like, uh, don't treat me like a fool, cause that's not cool. Uh, which wow. it's Bobby, let me smell your dick. So that's heard a, it. You, that you heard it here, folks. Dude, John Wayne Caminale's cover of Let Me Smell Your Dick. Dude, I'm not, that's not <laughs> new, that's old, but it's <sighs> Yeah. Maybe we should take it home. You look like you're exa- you're so exhausted with me. Uh, did uh, you know? If I, a quick, if I can give a quick story in regards to that, uh, okay. at the convention, Wait, in I was, regards to what? Smelling dicks or, or smelling con- in, in regards to being obnoxious, um, uh, I uh, the guy that the the gentleman next to me on Saturday, the uh, that was an artist at the convention in Las Vegas this past weekend, David Wong shouts out. Um, but he, you know, at you know how I'm at at the table. You've tabled with me. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and I'm like, oh, shit, what's up, man? I'm talking to him. And I'm like, just so you know, I, I, I'm going to be probably really obnoxious. Uh, so, you know, I apologize in advance, but I regret nothing. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm really obnoxious. I'm going to be the obnoxious one. And I was like, oh, OK. Are you challenging me? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a... within like an hour. I had him kerfuffled with me. Uh, to the extent that he was like, okay, okay, dude. Okay. Just, just, just go. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I won. You won. I had to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Were you, were you like, just like walking around and like knocking over all of his stuff no, accidentally? No, no. Like, so he does, he, he, he does like, uh, he does, um, you know, fan art stuff, but he takes requests. Like he'll, you know, have people like commission things like, oh, can I get, you know, yeah, yeah. Batman and Superman, whatever, doing this in the Love ass. Each other. Yeah. yeah, just like shit like that. But like every time so people would be at the thing and he'd give a spiel about that and he'd be like, oh, do you have a like a this and that? Or what about can I get this? And I would just like kind of slide behind him and be like, can I get the flash running through, uh, you know, with poison ivy and they fall onto two elephants who are fucking like i just kept always, saying it's always about the elephant fucking kept, you. That's, from, that's from mr show that's from mr show thing so i just kept saying two elephants who are fucking at the end of everything man he got sick of it quick i can see why yeah i like i would too yes I like to think of you as just walking over and being like, oh, that's really cool pen. And then you like knock over all the pens and then you go to pick him up and like you knock over like his his you know, marquee and he's just Kick like, Wait, what are you doing? And then like, you know, you're like, oh, let me fix that. And you just like it continues from there, you know, like and you just like destroy his whole table. I wasn't trying to be obnoxious in a violent way. No, no, not violently. You're just like in a klutzy way. Just like knock over all of his that's stuff. Nick. No, yeah. that's Nick's thing. 
Nick ah, is the klutz. Okay. We'll knock over everything. I yeah. just have a sharp wit about me. Mm. All right, Uncle Buck. Um, well, uh, I think I think this uh, wraps up our our crime episode. You know, and it's a crime that we have to wrap it up right now. It is because I feel like we did a really really shitty job. I don't know. Did you ever watch the the commish? No. Yeah, well, that was a crime show. There were a lot of crime shows. uh, We didn't get into shows. I mean, what about, you know... Are you going to bring up fucking chips now, or are you going to bring up chips? Dude, (laughs) I have an autographed picture above my toilet of (laughs) Chips cast. uh, That's a good spot for it. (laughs) Well, I live a very charmed life, dude. Yeah, Yeah. you know, like, I I think we need to do the whole... uh, Let's call ourselves Ponch and John Wayne uh, from now on. <laughs> Was it, you know, Ponch right. and John, oh, man? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll be chips. We'll wear like the cop uniform with the really short shorts, you know? And we get to ride motorcycles and shit. Well, let's just have one. And like one of us will be in like the, oh, the yeah. sidecar with the goggles. I wasn't saying that we no i was more thinking we'd have one and you know one of us would be on the the back holding the other one so we don't fall off that's what i was that's thinking good too that's good too writing bitch yeah yeah but i like the sidecar i, I think that's kind of who are you batman of, come on well yeah could you imagine getting you see what's behind me it's like a, getting it's like a thousand dollars with a batman ship behind okay me. okay calm down richie rich um <laughs> I worked for it in the acid mines. Could you imagine getting pulled over by a, a police uh, motorcycle with a sidecar? <laughs> Better still, the sidecar, the sidecar cop, a dog with goggles on, with a full uniform. He writes the ticket. I would just, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, I guess I had it coming, you know, dude. Yeah, don't argue with the dogs, man. They know better than we do. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you, man, either. Good. I've really, really tried not to argue with you on this entire show. I know, and I've really, really tried to get you to, to argue. Get me to do it. So, I know. But, I know. But hey, you know what? You win. <laughs> you win this one. <laughs> but it wasn't easy. Oh, no. and uh, and I take uh, I take extreme pride in that. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. All right. Well. Um, we hope you enjoyed this. I hope you uh, will check out all of the awesome uh, films and books that we talked about. Mostly me. 45. Check it out, please. It's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is a good one. That is a good one. Check out Joe. Check out Narc. Check out uh, Reed Get Carter. Read Ted Lewis. Uh, underrated writer. Take me call him one, two, three. That too. Absolutely. Get and movie. watch it. Do it. You know what else you can do? What's you can take troubles? a flying fucking leap right off into John Wayne, <laughs> into Chris and John Wayne dot com for all your Chris and John Wayne needs with a K R I S or John Wayne is dead dot com. Or you can follow us at Coyote Chris with the K's. Two K's. Sure. Sure. And John <laughs> Wayne is dead. <laughs> Everywhere. No one's listening at this point. Like, like, what's, like right. I think well, two hours in, why don't you like, just okay, that was fun, and then they get me it, and you know? spank me, my bottom daddy, because I'm that. gonna be on Twitter showing off my fucking taint. 
No one. Oh, great. Good for you. Tune this in. That's why I'm not on Twitter much. You're on Twitter like crazy. You fucking tweeted me to Arby's like a madman, you fuck. You yeah, know what you did. That took about five minutes. <laughs> I went on Twitter. I think that was like my whole Twitter experience for like three days was just liar, going on for five minutes. Liar just and tagging you on every talk Arby's about post. Crime. Talk about crime fiction. Here it is right here, folks. Like, oh, I don't want on Twitter except for, oh, every day at, at all the time. Uh, or any time that I can I communicate like with Arby's is a good time. Well, it is. I really don't, I don't like Twitter very much. I don't. I'm not on it much. I'll jump on to post something about a book that I have, and then I, you know, try to. I try to engage on it because I think I, I, I think you have to as a writer. You have to use every possible avenue, uh, to to promote your stuff. But you can't just be like buy my book over and over again because no one will follow you. So you have to try to make a funny quip or share something. But I like if I wasn't writing books, if I wasn't trying to promote stuff. I wouldn't be on these fucking platforms because I just I don't really like them very much. Yeah, I don't know what I would have to say if I if I wasn't. Anyway, tune in next uh, every Thursday. Um, it's a true crime. What? This episode. Uh, this episode it, has been a crime because it's been a fucking disaster. It has not been a disaster. <laughs> it's a fine episode, upstanding, law-abiding episode. Non-criminal offending. You know, the, the ladies love it. The ladies, ladies. love you know, you know what? The ladies, ladies would have loved it. Bad boy, dude. They would have loved it if we did true crime because white women love true crime. Oh, and white wine. And white true wine. They love to drink wine. their wine and watch true crime. That's what the white women do in this country. I've they heard that. It's, it's a true. popular it's hashtag, true. dude. Yep, it's true. Rose you know, all day. It, yes, all we, women. If we, if we had, if this whole show had been about true crime, we would have more women watching us than fucking Oprah. Well, come on, dude. Don't. You're right. Actually, you're right. You're right. I'm totally right. I know. Chris agree. Chris agree with that. All right. Well, Oprah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Oprah, we're coming for you. So uh, suck Good it. Night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>